What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 104. Sorry for the late release. Uh, we had some stuff come up the other day, and you know what? It's our podcast. We'll release it when we want to. And we got some good food out of it. We did. I was pretty excited about that. I had maybe the best Brussels sprouts in the area. It's not something you hear people say very often, but coming from you, I, I'm, I can respect your opinion. Yeah, you guys looked at me a little funny when I was saying that that was the highlight of the meal, but hey, to each their own. I was very impressed with them. But before we get too far, I wanted to dedicate this episode. And uh, one of our good buddies and a beef uh, follower and fan lost his grandfather, who he's very close with. So shout out to Troy Walters. Uh, this episode's going to be dedicated to him. And uh, hopefully everybody can say a quick prayer for their family. And uh, if he needs anything, reach out to us. But just wanted to dedicate the episode to him. Absolutely. Troy is a great dude that I actually met, really kind of became friends. We've always kind of known each other, but really that's who I met you through, through Troy. Yeah. First time you played with us out there was because of Troy, and you had known him through some family and different stuff. And uh, Troy, Troy is. Troy's a great dude. You hit the nail on the head. Tough to watch him have to go through something like that. Yeah. So thoughts and prayers with him. Absolutely. So uh, just like always, we want to make sure that you guys know that uh, these podcasts are brought to you by Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage. Uh, she is now uh, sipping cocktails in Jamaica because she's too good to come to our softball games. But there's good news with that. I went four for four yesterday, which puts her behind in the batting average game. Uh, for the season. Percentages? or Percentage and amount of hits. But the amount yeah. of hits doesn't really matter. But percentage, she's behind me by like 200 points now. Yeah, that would be a power move early on if you were doing total hits with having her miss weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to count. We're going to count percentage. So, yeah, batting uh, percentage. Yeah, batting percentage. I'm actually second on the team in batting average right now. So, yeah. Parker's only not, not gotten a hit twice. It's 12 really? for 14 on the season. I'm, uh, what was it? I think I, I think I was seven for fourteen. That's pretty impressive. So. Shout out to Parker too. That's very impressive. Oh yeah. Who's keeping these stats? Uh, we we write Mutual. them down. Brock writes them down at the end of the game. So Brock has no dog in the fight. Yeah. So it's a yes. But so she's she's there. She's gonna say, oh, it doesn't count because I'm not there. But I went four for four yesterday, and I have my whole team to vouch for it. So. Uh, but, video documentation. We need the video <laughs> documentation. Well, come on out there and video, dude. Yeah. You're too busy playing open gyms. Come out there and video the softball games. I didn't play too well last night, so that probably would have been better for me. <laughs> but just like Crystal told us, rates are good right now. This is a time to, if you need to refinance or you need to get a mortgage, this is the person to hit up. You can get you can get in contact with her. Phone number 502-615-0743. Check her out online, centrymortgage.com, backslash, capital C, capital L, Lackey, A-C-K-E-Y. As always, Century Mortgage is an equal housing lender, MNLS number 3925, Crystal Lackey, MNLS number 1735979. And this is what I want you to do. I want all of you out there listening to this to pull out that wallet and pull out that purse. And I know what you're thinking. Where's this guy going, right? I want you to grab that little card in there. And I know you're wondering, hey, how do all of our listeners have the same card? Because if you listen to Beef's Beef, you've got a friend card. And I just want to say, if you need a mortgage or to refinance and you don't hit up our good friend Crystal Lackey, I want you to rip that card in half. I want you to dispose <laughs> of the evidence so that we never see it again because you're not a true friend of the podcast if you don't hit her up. I can. I totally agree with that. Yeah. And you know how much he and I agree. 
Very often. Yeah. <laughs> Every five episodes. Yeah. yeah. Just something like that. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, you're not going to interrupt me this time for your intro? I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted to be polite because I thought we were agreeing on something again, but obviously (laughs) I was wrong. It was the first time for everything. BJ finally didn't interrupt me. And on episode number 104, we're keeping the trend. We're going back in time. We're going to give you some factual evidence about the number four. And I got a great response last week from Daniel Grimes. I could tell he was really enjoying what I was bringing to the table. So we're going to double down and give him some more knowledge on the number four this week. Number four is the smallest composite number. Number four is very popular because it's, there's four corners of the world, north, south, east, and west. It's also a fun game. I don't know if you ever played Wait, are you a flat corners. earther? Well, no. Okay, go ahead, sorry. Have you ever played four corners, though? The game? Yeah. Yeah, where you bounce the ball. And, yeah, it's fun. Classic. Very, very good game. Wouldn't be possible if you didn't have those four corners there. That's not, that's not true. You, you can play two square. Now, two squares in the same, bro. Two squares is not as good as four corners, but two squares just as good, just in case you don't have more than one You know friend. what two square is? Two poor, squares poor like... Four volleyball. Two squares like playing Madden against the computer. That's most of the time what I do. No, you don't do that, bro. You play against humans, and there's a lot of trash talking involved. Same thing with four square. You play against humans, can't play against the computer. Two square, you play with another person. Yeah, uh, four is better than two. One. Seven. I guess. Anyways, back to the number four. Chinese, Vietnamese, Korean, Japanese. Shout out to all our Asian listeners. You know what it is. Are superstitious about the number four because it's a homonym for death in their languages. Now, that was very interesting that in all of those languages it was a homonym. But, hey, that's the factual evidence I'm presenting today. Uh, Four fundamental freedoms, you might have heard of those. Franklin D. Roosevelt was famous for, well, not the only reason, but one of his famous um, writings, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom from want, and freedom from fear. A lot of you have those. Some of you should be scared of me. That is the truth. Uh, Now on to the next one. In computing, four bits equals a half byte, and a half byte is called a nibble. It's very interesting that in computer terms, they talk about food. The guy who created that must have been hungry and probably was a good friend of mine because I'm always hungry as well, too. And you only eat half your meals? No, that's not true. You just saw me crush $19 worth of food Wednesday evening. Um, In our solar system, we have four terrestrial, which terrestrial means rocky, by the way, if you didn't know that, planets. Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. In our solar system, we have four um, gas or ice planets, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. I I brought the heat this week, and I've got a lot of facts for you. Four of Jupiter's moons are visible from Earth. They're called the Galilean moons. The mammalian heart, I can't pronounce that correctly. Mammals have a heart that consists of four chambers, though. Okay. And I know if you have a heart out there, you should have four chambers in it, hopefully. Uh, All insects with wings, except for flies, have four wings. That kind of surprised me. I don't know why that surprised me, but I just feel like you don't see four wings on a lot of insects. Yeah, all of them except for a fly. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) The only one that irritates me are the flies. In the common ABO blood group system, there are four types of blood, A, B, O, and AB. 
uh, very important for all you nurses and doctors out there. Humans typically have four canines and four wisdom teeth, so a little bit of knowledge about your human body, like the heart. Um, there's four basic states of matter, solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. If you can't tell, the number four is very, very important to us. In physics, there are four fundamental forces, electromagnetism, gravitation, weak nuclear force, and strong nuclear force. There's four bases onto the sports. I know you love the sports the most. There's yeah, the last parts are when I went to sleep in school. Yes. I, I'm not going to say anything. I did sleep on occasion. <laughs> four bases in baseball or softball. I put the softball on there just for you all. Hey. Uh, four balls equals a walk. Or a base on balls is what some people would call it. I call yeah. it a walk. Um, most runs scored on a single at-bat is potentially four. four. Correct. Um, you make me want to say a couple four-letter words on occasion, but I won't say those on air. I don't think that has anything to do with baseball or softball. Is that one of your facts? That was. I, you know, I wrote that in there just trying to gloss over it, but obviously it was highlighted, so I needed to feature it. Four is the only number whose name in English has the same number of letters as its value. That one was pretty cool to me. That's not, yeah, that's not a bad fact, actually. No, I thought that was very cool. Uh, I don't know why I thought it was so cool, but when I read that, that was one that I thought was awesome. In Tetris, this one surprised me. Tetris, every shape is formed by four blocks. So automatically you start envisioning all the Tetris blocks, and you're like, oh, shoot, that is actually true as well, too. Um, the number of strings on a violin, viola, cello, double bass, quattro, and a ukulele is four. So all you musicians out there, you would know that. The fourth major album was simply named four by four different people. The British band Block Party, not very knowledgeable about their music, to be 100% honest. Um, your personal favorite band, some would call it a boy band. Some would call it a man band. One Direction. Uh, Beyonce and my personal favorite on the list, Foreigner. So why you would name your fourth album Four? Probably because it's your fourth, but I think they could have got a little more creative. Wait, that's what all those people did? Yeah. I'm not really a fan of any of those people, so. Not even Beyonce. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all the people out there listening, uh, and especially to my good friend Jay-Z. Four seasons, four classic elements, leap year every four years, four directions, four suits on cards, four nations of United Kingdom, four Ninja Turtles, the Fantastic Four, the Beatles were called the Fab Four, which insinuates that there was four people in there. Michigan had their own Fab Four, and there's four Whoa, years. Michigan had the Fab Five. No, Fab Four. They had the Fab Five. No, no, no. You're not taking out. It was the Fab Five. <laughs> okay. I tried to slide that one in quickly. I call them the Fab Four. Why would you call them Jimmy the Fab King Four? Jimmy King was not a Fab Five. He was coming out of high school. Well, teacher. Four years between Olympic Games. And then last cool fact for you. There's one place in the United States called Four Corners where you can actually stand in four states at one time. You can stand in Colorado, Utah, New Mexico and Arizona. So I think one day we need to do a podcast from there. Yeah, I'm sure it's not packed or anything. No, never. And probably great sound quality on there as well. Yeah. Too. Uh, what was the other one I wanted to say something about? Oh, no. You said, you said one of those things at the end there. Let me see here. I'll tell you because I was 
Well, this uh, is the other good news while you're looking at it. Oh, the Olympic Games. Yeah. There's four years in between summer and summer Olympic Games. Yes, that is so true. So there's two years the only in between important Olympic, games. Olympic Games. Yeah, I mean, really, the Winter Olympics is only good in cool runnings. Very true. But yeah. I've got some good news for you as well, too. So shout out to Sheldon. We went out to eat with our buddy Sheldon. And uh, Sheldon's a big North Carolina fan as well, too. So I think that needs to be duly noted and uh, documented for the record. But he had mentioned something about he enjoyed some of the trivia. So if you're okay with it, I wanted to bring back a couple of trivia questions for Let's you. Let's do it. Let's see how I do. I'm, I might be a little rusty. I think you'll be all right on this. You have no previous knowledge about this. You did mention one of them that was on my list previously, so I had to take that off. That was Chris Weber, who is a number four, so I had to remove That's fair. that. The one common denominator in all of these are they all were the number four. Okay. Two major sports, NFL and NBA players, and there's six people on the list. I'm going to give you five facts about them. I don't want you to guess it until the end because we want the listeners at home to um, guess as well too. But when you know it, make sure you – Wait, so this is only one person that I'm going to give the answer to? So there's going to be – there's six different ones. Six people. Each person has five facts to it. What I'm telling you is don't spout out the answer because somebody at home might not know it when you know it, but make sure you keep in your head what fact you got the answer on. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So first one was born in Gainesville, Georgia. A lot of these I tried to put where they were born because I, I feel like that's important. you got to give a shout-out to their hometown. Fact number two for them. In 2006, Atlanta Falcons running back Warwick Dunn donated a home to his family. Very intriguing fact to me. Number three, donated his first, and this kind of gives away a little bit of a hint as to what profession he's in, but he donated his first NFL game check to three cafeteria employees who worked at his stadium. Number four, first freshman quarterback in college, or excuse me, in high school to start for his high school coach. His high school state, he had the record of 17,134 total yards, 218 total TDs, 13,077 passing yards, 155 passing TDs. So it kind of tells you what position he plays is as well. That, so. Is that fact number four? It, it, it's still continuing on because it's a lengthy fact. His first career start in college, he recorded a school record, six passing touchdowns and 435 yards. And he's the first player um, from his college to be a Heisman finalist. And he also made his first career NFL start on his 22nd birthday with a win over Cincinnati. On to the last fact for you. He played, this is going to help you out a lot for all you listeners, so listen very closely. He played three years in Clemson and is now in his third year with the Houston Texans. Who am I? All right, so there's two of them that I don't know. Two facts on there you yeah, didn't know? Yeah, number three and I think the first one. You knew that Gainesville, Georgia, where he's no, born? No, no, that's, that's the first one. Oh, yeah, that would be the so first one. So one and three I don't think I know. Okay. Donated his first game check to three cafeteria employees. Yeah. But which there was more information. That was to do with a hurricane that was in Houston, but I didn't want to give too much information early on. Yeah. So the ones that I think I know, 
okay? Fact number four. Well, this is all one person. Wait, all of those were one person? Yes. Oh. I'm doing it in order of how much the hint will help you. That's what I wanted to see. All of those are one person. Oh, well, I already know the answer then. Well, hopefully number five gave you the answer. Would you like to say the answer on air to confirm? Yes, Deshaun Watson. Thank you. Deshaun Watson is correct. So, yes, all of those facts were about Deshaun Watson. Number two. Now you get how it's yeah, going. Yeah, okay, I, I get it, it now. I, I was confused. I didn't do a great job of explaining it's how this game It's all good. It makes sense work. now. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to figure out which facts were for which people. But. For some reason in my head, I thought like I was going to explain it better. It didn't come out too hot. So now everybody knows what we got going on. We'll start with our second person. Okay. And fact number one. Fact number one, they were born in Shreveport, Louisiana. Funny thing is there was actually two people on this list who were born in Shreveport, Louisiana. That's not a fact. That's just cool knowledge. Uh, fact number two about this individual. He actually preferred football as a child until junior high. Fact number three about this person. He finished his college career at McNeese State as the 11th leading scorer in NCAA history. So a couple of hints in there. Fact number three should give a little bit away to you. Fact number four. He was drafted 18th overall and played for only one team in his NBA career. Very rare for somebody to play for only one team in their NBA career. Also told you what sport he plays. Fact number five is multifaceted. He's got two NBA championships and one finals MVP. That actually was pretty cool to me. I didn't remember him being a finals MVP, but he was. He's a six-time All-Star. He's a four-time All-First-Team defenseman. He's the first-ever recipient of the NBA Sportsmanship Award. He's got a gold medal from the 1994 Olympic Games, and he has his jersey retired. Who is he? From the 94 Olympic Games? Yes. That wouldn't have, there's, that's not possible. Well. 92 or 96? Okay, so 94 World Cup Games. Okay. Excuse me. He's got a gold medal. Okay. Which so they don't give out. So that. FIBA yeah. does. Okay. They do yeah, give FIBA out gives out gold medals. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, man, that one's tough. That's a good point. Born in Shreveport, Louisiana. This is the hint you need to think of. So, first of all, you know what sport he is. Drafted 18th overall. Only played for one one NBA team in his career. McNeese State was the other one. Not many people are from McNeese State. You're a big college guy. I thought that might have been the 11th leading scorer in NCAA history. I did not know that until I looked it up. Two NBA championships. Both of them were obviously with the same team. And if he played then, oh, my goodness. This one's tough. This is a tough one. <laughs> it has to be – he had to have played for the Rockets. Obviously, it's a given. He wore number four. The Rockets is not the correct team, though. Oh, it's not? No. Um, I don't know if I have any other help. He, I, I could he only give – No, he only, if he only played for one team and he was a finals MVP and a six-time All-Star? Yes, Man, this man, defensive this first team four times. And played a guard position is what I'll say. Is it uh, no? Because he wouldn't have been on that '96 team. Because the only person that came to my mind, I know he didn't. He never won a title, and he didn't play for multiple. Or he didn't play for one team. This is and, one I think. When I tell you, I think you're going to know who it is. 
Well, I know I know somebody that went to McNeese State, but I can't think of who it is. When you said that, my mind was like, oh, I know this, and but I couldn't think of who it was. Yeah. Um, so only playing for one – he won two titles. Played alongside a former Hoosier. I mean, there's not that many Indiana Hoosiers who are in the league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing he played for the Spurs then? No, not the Spurs either. Then I guess it would be – I mean, it would have to be the Bulls. No, not the Bulls either. Or the Lakers. But, or, well, could be a rival of the Bulls. That's the hint I'll give you. There's only one other hint that I really know that if I can give you. If he won two titles and only played for one team. Yeah. You're missing would, a very important team, as a lot of people do. If it, but when you're, was it, you're thinking 94 is late in his career. So you're thinking maybe. See, I thought you meant he got drafted then. No, no, no. That's his. That's when he got the gold medal. Remember? Gotcha. Okay. So now, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, oh, I know who this is, dude. Who? Is I don't it? know how I didn't think of this. See, now that you said it like that, yeah. it cleared my mind. It's Joe Dumars. Joe Dumars is correct. Joe Dumars was a fantastic player, but he's not somebody who is commonly known. So, Joe Dumars. See, if um, I would have thought – see, I thought you were saying he got drafted around that time. But you didn't say that. That no. was just where my mind went. Well, number four was it. he got drafted 18th overall, and he only played for one team in the NBA yeah. career. So, that didn't tell you what year he was drafted. But, yes, that drafting was in there. All right, so on to the third one. Hopefully, you're having a little fun at home going along with us. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Number one about this person. Born in Yankton, South Dakota. Very interesting. Don't, okay. know, don't know a ton of people who are from South Dakota. Fact number two, he was actually a high school letterman in five sports. I think I already know this one. Do you really? Just from the very first fact. That's pretty impressive if you do. And you could. I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to show you after you read the next fact. Well, this I want to allude to what five sports he was a letterman in. Football, wrestling, basketball, soccer, and track. So that was very intriguing to me. If, if you're a five-letterman high school athlete, I'll give you some credit. Um, number three, has played, and this is going to, we're going to get a little more hinty on this one, has played in five Super Bowls. Fact number four, this one should be a dead giveaway to most people. He's the oldest active player in the NFL currently and fourth oldest NFL player of all time. Fact number five, he's the NFL record holder for most points scored at 2,600 points, most postseason points scored at 238, and is the only player in NFL history to ever score over 1,000 points for two seasons or for two teams, excuse me, not for two seasons. Who am I? All right, I thought it was somebody else. Uh-oh. Until you started giving other hints. Yes. But I'm going to go with Adam Vinatieri. Adam Vinatieri is correct. I was going to ask you, you had to know from the points what well, position you he said, played. When you said the uh, the first thing, I th and then I was like, wait, I don't know if he's that number. And then when you started giving more facts, at first I thought it was Carson Wentz. Oh, I, I don't know where he's but, from, to be honest. He but he's, went, didn't he go to, like, South Dakota or North Dakota State or something? Yeah. So that, and so that I think was he, where my mind was at at first. I think he might have been from that area, too. So that yeah. could have been, yeah. Yeah, and keep in mind, everybody listening at home, all these players wore number four. That's yeah. the significance. That's where these players come from. 
So you're three for three so far. Yeah, you took a little while on the Joe Dumars one. You ended up getting it. We'll give you credit for that. On to number four. We'll go two and a half. We'll go two and a half. Yeah, two and three quarters. We'll give you three quarters. Because I gave you an extra hint, but you still got it correct. So two and three quarters. Born in Melrose Park, Illinois. Fact number two. Current film producer, but he is also the VP of basketball operations for the Dallas Mavericks. I didn't know that first part of that fact. I didn't know he was a current film producer. But obviously this is kind of telling you maybe what sport he played because he's the VP of basketball operations for the Mavs. Number three, held the college he attended scoring record for 11 years before it was broken by Alondo Tucker. I put that name in there intentionally because I don't know if everybody at home is going to know that, but that should be a big hint too. Fact number four. He played 15 seasons in the NBA. He has one NBA championship and two NBA All-Star appearances. Fact number five, he played for four teams, Phoenix, Dallas, San Antonio, and Boston. In my opinion, this is probably the toughest one to guess. Who am I? And that was in order of the year or the teams that he played? That was in order as well, too. Okay. Yes. Phoenix. Phoenix. Another hint I'll give you, he was not in Phoenix for very long. So So Phoenix, Dallas, San Antonio, and Boston. Obviously, he finished his career in Boston, probably not well known for being a Boston player. Didn't play very long in Phoenix. Think of Dallas and San Antonio is who you need to key in on. He's from Melrose Park, uh, Illinois, which is, I think, right around Chicago. Correct. He obviously wore uh, the number four. Alondo Tucker, I believe, went to Wisconsin. Okay, I, I'm neither here or there or there on that, but I think you're on the right track potentially. <laughs> so, I'm just trying to think of Wisconsin basketball players that would be the director of basketball operations for the Mavericks that have played for all those. Got it. I got this one, dude. Drop it I on him. Don't remember him playing for Boston though. Really? I really don't. I mostly remember him playing for. Um, San Antonio the most. Okay. And no, I'm sorry. I mostly remember him playing for Dallas the most. Okay. Because that was I could when, see both of those answers. That so. was when Dallas like Dallas was on the verge of being a super good team and then they got rid of Steve Nash. Correct. So my answer is Mr. Michael Finley. Michael Finley is correct. An underrated NBA guy. Absolutely. Always a guy who uh I thought was a great player and never got credit. But obviously from hearing his I don't, statistics. I don't remember him in Boston. No, I, I saw him even in a Boston jersey and um, on the picture that it was listed on there. And I remember him being a part of that team, but I don't think he played barely. I'm all. anxious to see how many people get that one. Yeah, that's that's the toughest one by far. I think the last two. Um, I'll tell you who I think will get that one is Dustin. Really? Just because. Wisconsin? He, yeah, because it's Wisconsin. Alondo Tucker, that's why I actually I wasn't going to put that name in there. And then I thought, you know what, I'm going to put it in there because I don't know how many people would know. First of all, he was Wisconsin's leading scorer. I didn't even recognize the name at first. I'm like, Alondo Tucker? Had to look back into it. So, all right, on to number five, and we're going with the final two. Um, this gentleman was born in Gulfport, Mississippi. This one I know, and oh, you don't no. have to give me anymore. Oh, okay. But you can read them, but I already know who it is well, because it's the only number four you haven't mentioned. I tried to slow play this and give you fact number two. His middle name is Lorenzo. That was very intriguing to me. 
very shocked when I saw his middle name was Lorenzo. Fact number three, he started as an eighth grader. So once again, going back to the varsity letters, he earned five varsity letters for football. That was pretty impressive to me. Um, fact number four, only received one college scholarship offer. I'll give you that college because these hints haven't been that great, but it was to Southern Mississippi. I was right. I knew who it was. Fact number five, he played 20 NFL seasons. He has, and this is no, no shots taken here, okay? No shots <laughs> whatsoever. He has the most career pass attempts, the most career interceptions, the most time sacked, the most fumbles, and at one point in time when he retired, he did hold the record. So I got to give him a little bit of credit. He did hold the record for passing yards, most passing TDs, and quarterback wins. Also, I wanted to drop a fact number six on you. He's an avid picture taker. Who am yeah. I? <laughs> I love fact number oh, six. Oh, yeah. Fact number six the best one. I knew it. And that one I did actually know on the first one. Yeah. I was waiting for that one. Right. I was Yeah, I was waiting for that one. So I'll give it a couple seconds just to let everybody else at, at home say, oh, yeah, this is – Mr. Brett Favre. Probably the most famous number four of all time. Like when you initially, when I first thought of this idea, I'm like, who, and I'm like, you have to do Brett Favre. Yeah. He's famous for being number four. So do you still have the facts that you have for Chris Weber? Or did you no. completely take him off? No, I changed it up because I, I switched actually multiple people on here because I wanted to do a balance of popular people as well as unpopular people. But we've got one last one for you. Oh, nice. I thought that was the last one. No, this is number six. And, and number six is my personal favorite on this list. So that's a hint in itself yeah. to all the listeners out there. Okay? This is our second guest or person who was born in Shreveport, Louisiana. Number two, his name was misspelled on his birth certificate by the hospital. Hospital. What in the world is going on, man? <laughs> But funny story about it, they told, his parents told them what they wanted his name to be. They didn't spell it, came back on the birth certificate, it was misspelled. Very intriguing to me because whenever I saw his name spelled, I always wondered why it was spelled that way. Well, now there was a little bit of clarity shed on that situation. Fact number three, he is a Naisman, Naismith, I don't know what's going on with my speaking today. He's a Naismith and Wooden Award winner in college. Fact number four. He was selected fourth overall, but was traded for a college teammate ASAP. That's the biggest fact I've given you so far. Drafted fourth overall in the NBA, but traded for a former college teammate. Fact number five. That one gave it to me, by the way. Yes, I, I, that is a good hint, in my opinion. Fact number five, he's a two-time NBA All-Star, a one-time NBA six-man, he scored a career high of 51 points on two occasions in his rookie season. That was kind of interesting to me, too, because 51 points is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to do in the NBA. Who am I? So you want me to give them a little bit of time again? Because I know this one. And the only reason I know is because I remember that draft. And I'll even tell you all who he got traded for. Yeah. D go ahead and drop that knowledge for him because so I was going to ask you if you had any he more He was hints. drafted originally by the Raptors. This is correct. And he was traded for his teammate, who was drafted by the Warriors. Also correct. His teammate was Vince Carter. Yes. And his name is spelled weird, and I always wondered how to say it 
because you hear some people say Anton, you hear some people say Antoine. Yep. So you never know, but I guess his name is Antoine. That is correct. I always pronounce it Anton as well, too, because of how it was spelled. <clears throat> so the who am I, number six, Antoine Jameson. Former Tar Heel. And that also gave it away because I knew you had to throw at least one North Carolina guy in there. Former Cleveland Cavalier as well, too, even though that was past his prime. But, yeah, Antoine Jameson, that was a good one. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so you should do this every time. That was a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. That <laughs> took me, as you can see in my four pages of intro notes there, that took me a while. It was well worth it. Hopefully the juice was worth the squeeze for you at home as well, too. I had a lot of fun doing it. There were some facts in there that I did not recall. Hopefully you guys got as many as beef, too, with five and three quarters there. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So we're bringing something back this week. We don't have any skins in the game yet or hairs in the game, I guess you could say. Right. Which but, we'll probably do in the near future. We just haven't came up with a great idea for it yet. I've been cooking, and yeah. I just haven't had any great ideas cooked up. I still haven't cut my hair yet because I don't, I don't feel like it's uh, long enough. Yeah. Are I we want, doing it next weekend or are we waiting? You're still waiting? I can't do it next weekend. I'll be in Nashville. Ooh. Yeah, I'll be Subtle there. flex there, bro. Yeah, weird flex, but okay. Uh, no, I'll be down there for the Louisville game. Um, well, also subtle flex. No, I mean I've had the tickets for a while. Oh, well, okay. Just by the keep way, flexing then, by the bro. way, I'll go ahead and inform you on air. Yeah, you will be able to go to your first game at Cardinal Stadium tomorrow. Oh, nice. I just got the text from Parker that says the ticket is available. Do we sit by the cheerleader section? No. Okay. There's we're, no we're, there's no like section for the cheerleaders, but I think uh, you'll enjoy the seats. The seats got decent amount of room. It's not really a bad walk. Stadium's cool. Yeah. I think you enjoy it. And it's a night game, too. No disrespect to UofL. I, I think the thing I'm looking most forward to is hanging out with you and Parker. So It should be fun. Let that go however you want it to it go. It should be fun, and you'll get to see <laughs> us in our natural element of us yelling at the football players. Yeah. While so. North Carolina is beating the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, speaking of that game, yeah, I'm going with my first game back of the lock of the week. I'm taking that game. Going the college route. I am. Picking against my favorite team. Well, you just gave it away. I hadn't said which way I was going with it. Well, I knew you weren't going to take North Carolina. So the spread in that game is minus five Yeah. for the U. I thought the U was more impressive out of the two teams. I thought they yeah. played a better team in their first game with Florida. Oh, much better. South and Carolina is not a terrible team, but they are not top-tier team in the SEC. And Florida is. So, I'm going to take Miami and the points. I think they will beat you all by more than five. Yeah, I told you that was an interesting one. I think North Carolina impressed me with a win, but overall they did not impress me with a lot that they did. Phil Longo um, kept the play call very manageable for Sam Howell, our freshman quarterback. But Sam Howell looks like he's going to be a baller, bro. So, you better watch out I'll for I'll tell you this, Sammy dude. The, the freshman quarterback that impressed me the most. Did you watch that Florida State game? No. Dude, that Florida, that Boise State quarterback was nice. Yeah, I saw bits and pieces of highlights of it, but yeah. that's all I saw. That kid, dude, that kid's gonna be good. I actually was watching it on my ESPN thing. The scores go back and forth, and then I saw you even uh, not tweet about it because I don't tweet. Facebook, yeah. Facebook, yeah, whatever you want to call it. So that's good. I, I think you took an NCAA team. I'm gonna take a NFL team. I'm going with the. Baltimore Ravens, the six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Miami Dolphins. And we talked about this a little bit before. I feel like every year in the NFL, there's one team 
that you can pretty much bet against every week. No matter what the spread is, you can take that spread against them. I think, unfortunately, the Miami Dolphins are going to be one of the lower-tier teams in the NFL this year. I think Baltimore is on the verge of competing for um, that division that they're in. I think that division might be a little bit more open than what people are expecting with four teams. Well, I don't think Cincinnati will contend in that division. But I think the other three ten three teams can contend. I think the Steelers have a big game against your New England Patriots. Yep, week one, baby. Sunday, I think night, Sunday night football. Baltimore needs to come out hot, and they need to get a big victory um, to put the pressure on Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Take the Baltimore Ravens and the six and a half points over the Miami Dolphins. Lock not a, it up not a, a week. Not a bad pick. No. Going with Lamar. I well, see we'll it. find out if it's a bad pick Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, over the weekend we had a uh, pretty big boxing match. We Very had the, big. We had the Cam the Campbell Lomachenko fight. Yeah. So I wish we could have gotten Grant on here because I know he would have loved to talk about it. I bet he was hyped. I, I was <laughs> he not. He was super actually hyped. not hyped. Really? He thought it was going to be a blowout. No, he was not hyped because he had to work. Oh no. Yeah. It was during the day, man. It was because well, it was in England. Yeah, know. it was in the O2 Arena, which is one of the biggest arenas in England. You have to do it. But still, it's like the UFC fight's coming up, man. It's at 2 p.m. is when the main card starts tomorrow, and it's in Abu Dhabi. So I understand it. And everybody wants live, I know, but I'll watch it later probably. Yeah. Um, so the stuff that I read, one of them, it was weird. I was telling you, one of them said yeah. fight was dominated, and the other one said that Campbell fought well. So um, you watched the highlights, I'm guessing? No, I watched the... You watched um, the actual fight? Yeah, thank you for your ESPN Plus account for allowing me to. (laughs) Oh, so that was just on regular ESPN Plus? Yes. See, when it said that, I thought it was saying like it usually does, where it's like, oh, ESPN Plus, but then it's pay-per-view. So it was actually ESPN Plus. Just strictly ESPN Plus. I bet the replay's still on there. I may go back and watch it. I think it's well worth it because I told you I was very impressed with Luke Campbell. Um, I was not super knowledgeable about Luke Campbell besides his Olympic boxing career, and, and I knew he was going to be a force to be reckoned with but when you watch Lomachenko fights he typically dominates um, the Linares fight and then obviously he does have one loss on his professional career but the Linares fight was the probably second closest fight and by the end I think he knocked him out in the eighth round maybe by the end of that fight Lomachenko was dominating so Luke Campbell might have put a recipe for disaster out there against Lomachenko because he used his jab. He was a much taller, longer fighter. Um, Lomachenko has always had phenomenal footwork, but yes, I thought it was a lot closer than what many people speculated or said. Yeah, I mean, Grant was pointing stuff out to me because the way that you and I can point out stuff about basketball games to the people like him that like watch games but don't like study games like we do, I guess, right? Or just see games the way that we do. He was doing that with me with boxing. Which yeah. is awesome for me because I love to be able to learn stuff like that. Right. And he's just like, oh, look how he's using his jab here and stepping. I'm just like, then I would have never seen that if you didn't tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Lomachenko only had one knockdown in the fight, and it was a power body shot and a um, uh, looping hook, I believe, right hand hook that um, put him down essentially. And Campbell handled it well. He did have him hurt at the end of the fifth round as well, too, with a body shot again, too. But, man, Campbell impressed me. That was my biggest takeaway is I knew what Lomachenko was bringing to the table. I'm impressed with Luke Campbell. Luke Campbell is going to be a guy who I'm going to watch the rest of his career because of this one fight. And I think that's the rub, quote, unquote, he was hoping for um, with fighting Lomachenko. But, man, much, much bigger fighter. 
now there's a couple of fights on the table for Lomachenko. It'll be interesting to see where he goes, but I don't see a loss coming in his near future. Yeah, I mean, he hopefully he brings excitement back to the sport to where more people yeah. want to watch it. Uh, I, I mean, I think the heavyweight, the super heavyweight or whatever it's called in boxing, yeah. is what's bringing it back now with Fury and um, your other guy can't think. Wilder, of yeah, Wilder. and Ruiz yeah. and Joshua. I yeah, those guys are those guys that. are bringing them back right now. Yeah. But hopefully you can get other guys in other weight classes other than Lomachenko to kind of do that as well. Yeah, I think the tough thing about boxing is there's no, like, major characters anymore. And there are some guys like Tank Davis, Geronte Davis, you know, you hear about. Um, I don't know. It, it just I mean, doesn't I'd seem like Fury's a pretty good character. Yes. <laughs> uh, Fury's it's... probably my favorite quote-unquote character. The storytelling is not great in boxing. That's what surprises me. Like, when you watch a UFC card or a fight – I think the storytelling is phenomenal. And I think that's a big part in fight sports and any sport in general, um, but especially with fighting sports where you fight, you know, maybe every four months, maybe every six months, maybe once a year on occasion. So, yeah, you got to stay relevant. And um, I, I think there is a lot of good boxers out there. There's a lot of quality boxing going on. Just the storytelling is lacking. Yeah. It, that is something that I will always give credit to UFC about. Yeah. It's they do a, they do a great job of really letting you get to know these guys. Oh my goodness, it's phenomenal, man! And I've watched, I, I watched Strike Force, I watched Pride, I watched Bellator. And I mean, I guess it's just because I feel like UFC guys fight more often than boxing guys do. No, it's actually less often. Really? It's yeah. The, well, it depends on the fighter, to be honest. Yeah. I would say the most I've seen a fighter fight in a year in the UFC was maybe five times, um, probably. You know, you're, you typically, if you're an elite-level fighter, because you're going to take damage, man. That's the thing about the UFC is rarely are you going to go in there and not take any form of damage, even if it's breaking your hand on somebody else's head. But typically you're going to fight twice a year for, you know, upper echelon. Three times in a year is a good year. All depends on what your division, who's emerging, um, how all that stuff goes, how the contractual obligations go, you know, because you get to choose who you fight. That's the cool thing about UFC is they'll put a offer in front of you. You can either say yes or no to it. Now, obviously, UFC kind of has the final word to that. But. Yeah. So speaking of UFC, there was a UFC fight this past weekend, right? Coming up. Oh, coming up. Who we got? Who we got coming up this week? So in my opinion, and it's actually tomorrow. I told you it's during the day. The early prelims start at ten fifteen. So if you want to watch that, I think those are on ESPN Plus. And then the secondary prelims are after that. But it's a um, oh, what pay per view. I don't. I almost just forgot what a pay per view was there for a second. <laughs> but it's a pay per view card. It comes on at two o'clock. I saw uh, Buffalo Wild Wings is playing it. So if anybody needs a free place to watch it, I guess it's not technically free, but B Dubs is an option for you. Um, a lot of good fights on the card, but three that I wanted to feature briefly. So the one that I am most excited about, besides the main event, is probably going to be my girl JoJo Calderwood versus Andrea KGB Lee. And uh, JoJo is kind of one of the original breeds of the women's martial arts. And Andrea Lee is a new up-and-comer. I think that's going to be a phenomenal fight. I really want JoJo to win that fight. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to take the favorite in that fight and give that fight to Andrea KGB Lee. The other fight that I'm very excited about is going to be fight number two um, on 
Edson Barbosa versus Paul Felder. Um, that's a very interesting stylistic matchup. That's also a um, fight that's going to be the second time that that has happened. So will it happen like the first one happened, or will it go a different way? Edson Barbosa won that first fight. I'm going to stick with Edson and say he will win that one as well too. The fight that is the most popular and is the main event is going to be a, a guy you might have heard of, Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's fighting. He's fighting Theo Vaughn's boy, right? Yes. Well, Theo Vaughn's boy because he's from, I think maybe Shreveport. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's Louisiana area. Um, Dustin Diamond Poirier, and I really like watching the Diamond fight. Um, I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Since he's been at 155, he's been on a terror as well too. He's only got five losses on his career, and they're against pretty impressive guys. Um, I, I'm not sure what will happen in this fight, but Habib is the major favorite in this fight. So, fun one to watch for you. So, that's uh, that's the main card, I'm guessing, is those two? That's the main event, yep. I think uh, Edson Barbosa and Paul Felder is co-main event is what they call them sometimes, but it's the fight that leads up to that fight. But everybody else on the card, there's some other good ones on there. Those are just the three fights that I want to watch personally. I got you. So, um I guess I missed it. Who did you say you thought was going to win the – are you not giving a, a, a who you think is going to win? Prediction-wise, I think Habib is the major favorite. Yeah. And I think Poirier is what we like to call a live dog. I think for the amount of money that you could win back, I think it's worth putting a 20 on him. I think he's like plus 340 was the last time I saw it. So that's why I say he's a live dog. But, man, I've watched – 25 people wilt under Habib's pressure, and I don't see Poirier changing that right now. I, I will be cheering for Poirier. I want Poirier to win. This is a belt unification as well, too. So Poirier has the interim title because I don't know if you remember watching Habib's last fight against Conor McGregor. Yeah, because this is his first game back from suspension. Yes. Or first fight back from suspension. Yes. So it'll be very interesting to see how all that goes. Ring Rust hasn't phased Habib in the past, but I think the money has to um, fall where it falls. Would you say he is the strongest or the, the best UFC fighter pound for pound right now? Yeah, I think you have to put him in the conversation. I think you have to put John Jones in the conversation. Um, but Even with how Bones has kind of struggled his last couple of fights, you'd still put him up there? Yeah, because even though the fights have been closer than what you remembered. He's in the, still winning. Man, he, and he can win in any form or fashion. He can win by submission. He can win by outpointing you or he'll knock you out. I think the funny thing is the third guy on that list is a guy who not a lot of people may have heard of. He's the 125 and 135-pound champion right now, Henry Cejudo. So he's a guy to watch out for. Um, but, yeah, I, I put Habib at two, John Bones Jones at one, and Henry Cejudo at three. Nice. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned something about this earlier with the uh, with uh, the FIBA stuff. Right now we got the FIBA World Cup going on. Team USA struggled the other day, and then they actually blew out Japan yesterday. Blew well. out Japan, yeah, 830. Yeah. But, hey, Rui Hachimura did, did catch a body with that dunk. Yeah, on Miles Turner. Yeah, that was, that was nice. It was but, quick, man. Yeah, he, Rui Hachimura is, is solid, man. I'm, I'm anxious to see how he's going to translate to the next level. I think he's one of those guys who playing with his country of Japan is going to be a uh, 
platform for him in multiple forms of fashion. I think first and foremost, he's going to get better because he's the man there. Yeah. I think second of all, it's going to give him a platform as far as his country to support him. So I think this FIBA game is very good for him to play in. But that first game that they played, was it Serbia? Czech, Czech, uh, Czech, Czech Republic. Republic. And they honestly should have lost. Well, no. Czech Republic, that was actually a good game, but USA ended up dominating towards the end. Czech Republic was actually up 9-7, and then it kind of turned. Only so I'm thinking of the Serbia game. Then. You're thinking of Turkey. We haven't played Serbia yet, unfortunately. So who was the game that they played in overtime that they missed four straight free throws? That was Turkey? Turkey. So first game yeah. was against Czech Republic. Czech okay. Republic, this is their first time in FIBA games. So not a good sign for the yeah. U.S., right? And then the only NBA player that I recognize, I want to say the only NBA player on the roster, but the only one I recognize was Thomas Sadoransky, okay. who he was the backup for uh, John Wall last year. He actually did have some very meaningful mis- minutes last year for the Wizards, but not a guy who you would think is elite NBA talent level. And they just play good team ball. They expose some of our weaknesses on the offensive end as well as um, defensive end, which surprised me as well too. And Turkey took advantage of it. So, yeah, second game against Turkey, we actually came out hot. Turkey came out slow. Turkey does have a very good roster. They got my boy Chetty Osman. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, because he missed some of the free throws at the end. He missed two of them. And he did not play his best basketball, man. I was not very impressed with Chetty. Um, they got Irsan Ilyasova. Um, they've got two other guys, too. But I forget off the top of my head who those other guys were as well, too. But, yeah, they, they struggled mightily. Turkey 100% positively had us beat and should have won that game. If I were Turkey, I would have been very disappointed with the outcome of that game. So, uh, yeah, I'm, that game, that's the weirdest thing about it is, dude, is like I can't ever watch the games because they're on when I'm at work. Yeah. You got to use that ESPN replay, man. I'm, I'm going to have to. Cause, and that, that's the other thing, like this is the least marketed – like FIBA or anything that we've had. Like, it's like they know that we don't have a good team. Well, that and I just think the World Cup in general in basketball. Like, they, they try to make it like the World Cup in soccer. It's nowhere near it. Like, Olympics for basketball fans are what we care about. And obviously, the main thing behind that is what you said, marketability. The players, you know, the roster. Uh, I think I had mentioned this before, but in those games that they played in Melbourne and in Australia, the pre um, – games before the actual tournament they sold out 50,000 tickets they were giving out refunds for those that's nuts to think of a 50,000 seat arena oh it blew me away when well, i saw you, it you'll think think about this tomorrow when when you're at the game right louisville stadium right stadium holds six like 62,000 right well that's what this is and this, this is, is a stadium a, it's not outside right no so it's an arena which is nuts well, okay, to think I see about the, but it is for soccer, I think, which is I thought was so, called I mean, stadium. I guess it would be kind of like the Carrier Dome. But, see, that's the yeah. thing. Most of the time when you think of an arena, it's all chairback. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Well, think of it Think of it when you're at Cardinal Stadium. Marcus Louisville's the only college team. Here's another flex for you. It's the only college team that has all chairback seating in football. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's very – we're very spoiled. So, you go to away yeah. games and it's like, like you go to Kroger Field, Bleachers. Bleachers. You go to – I went to Notre Dame Stadium, bleachers. Yeah. Um, I heard that stadium actually is pretty cruddy, to be honest. It's literally like a bunch of park benches with no back on them. Which is part of the nostalgia. You know what I mean? There's a lot of history there. But that's the there. thing, though, man. Like, going there – like, going to going to the Krogue, 
there's no there's no history there. So like them having uh, crappy seats, it's like this is this is just a dumpy stadium. Yeah, but and going I feel like- to but going to Notre Dame, it's like okay, yeah, like this is still pretty cool because it's like hey, this is where Rudy played. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> really. I feel like they have enough money too, where they could upgrade some of that facility. Both and, of them do, and that probably help their uh, recruiting as well too. Which not that they need it, yeah. you know, but wouldn't hurt anything. Yeah. So, but anyways, let me finish that thought too. Yeah. They were refunding tickets because of originally when they were selling these games, they were listing some of the players who could have potentially been on the team: Steph Curry, James Harden, LeBron oh, James, man. Anthony. So they're refunding these tickets. It was still a sold-out arena, still people f- full to the brim, and they're still refunding people. I was like, man, I would personally not have refunded it. But yeah, they don't get to see many NBA athletes over there that often. And then playing against their hometown Heck, heroes. Get to see two of them this year. Yeah. So Good. the power rankings just came out as well too, and they do. They have Serbia at one. They have Australia at two, and the U.S. at three. We'll see. I mean, just like Jordan said back in the day, you know, when they were going to Game Seven with the Pacers, still got to come through Chicago. Yeah. You know, you still got to come to the U.S. You still got to take us out. I know we struggled, but you still have to beat us. 100%, and there's a lot of pressure involved with all of that. I think we've got a decent matchup in playing Greece as well, too. I think they obviously have some important pieces, Giannis being one of them. He's kind of okay. Mr. Antetokounmpo, the current MVP of the NBA. That video of him dunking the other day and his brother – Reacting on the bench was so funny. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. It was so good. You might have been the one that shared it. The Gnosis, I think. Uh, I forget which one it was. But, yeah, four four brothers. They just don't have that great of a team, though. Yeah. So, I think we'll be okay in that game, and then it gets interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, must-win situations. Hopefully, USA can pull out a victory. We need Jason Tatum. I told you, we need him to score. And with him going down late in overtime. And yeah, they which, said, what, maybe two games? Yeah. Should miss two games. And I think it's just a sprained ankle, but it, that's what they said. They said it was a sprained ankle, but expecting them to miss two games. He's a key piece for us, man. I, I do not like losing him. And Jalen Brown's going to have to step up. He stepped up big in the J- Japan game, but that's Japan, correct? That's Japan. You know, need him to step up in a game like against Greece. Maybe step up and have some good defensive minutes. Maybe, yeah. You're not going to stop Antetokounmpo, but it, maybe slow him down or something. Just limit his attempts. He, yeah. He's actually not been scoring. I think he had 11 points the other day. He's not been an elite-level player as far as – but he, he does it on two sides of the ball, you know, both sides of the court. He's going to defend you at a high level. He's going to be a team player. He just brings a um, aura to that team that's unlike what anybody else can bring. Yeah. So Jalen Brown only played six minutes in the turkey game, I think, is what I saw. He's going to probably get – 25 plus minutes in the Greece game. I think he's going to be a key contributor and factor in that game. Obviously, you know, Turner's going to have to have a good game. Kemba's going to have to have a good game. Donovan's going to have to have a good game. But with Jalen Brown stepping up, should help us to a victory. Yeah. So something happened yesterday that I did not think was going to happen. Yeah. And. It's I I didn't. I'll be the first one to admit I did not think it was gonna happen. I thought if it was gonna happen, it was gonna happen somewhere else. And that was Ezekiel Elliott getting that getting that deal with the Cowboys. Right. I thought if it was gonna happen, he was gonna get traded. And I'm not gonna lie, I still think it would have been smarter for the Cowboys to trade him. I'm not positive who won this. We had that conversation Wednesday. I, I think it was very Who, who won this right now? 
Absolutely, Zeke did. Well, he won because he's got the guaranteed money. Yeah, I, what do you get? get fifty million guaranteed. Fifty million guarantee is what I'm hearing. You know, I never know. Six I, years, ninety million dollars, highest, and that's an extension. Right. So he's still got to play through this year, and then his contract starts the next year. So it's essentially a seven-year deal. He yeah. he will be with the Dallas Cowboys unless they trade him for seven more years. That's what is the bad part to me. The ninety million is not that much to me. Fifteen million per year, I know, is a lot for a running back. I, I don't think that's unheard of because you look at the franchise tag for somebody like Le'Veon Bell before eleven million last year, I think it was. Yeah, so you're paying a little bit over that, and he was wanting out of that contract. So when you're talking about, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but Ezekiel Elliott is one of the best running backs in the league currently, uh, if I, not the. Here's the thing: when I say all this stuff, yeah, I don't want people to twist this and think that I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is good. Yeah. Ezekiel Elliott is fantastic. You'll see in in uh, the segment we'll have after this how well you th- or how good you think how good I think he is. Yeah. I think he is very good, but. With the stuff that we brought up in the past, Ezekiel Elliott is um, 24 years old. He just turned 24 in July. Yeah. He played three years at Ohio State, was the starter pretty much the entire time he was there. Yep. Same thing in high school, and he's been the starter the entire time he's been in Dallas. Yep. The dude's got mileage on him. Usually, once they hit that 30-year mark, which I guess is what they're aiming for because that's six years from now. That's exactly what I was going to say, though. I, here's the thing, though. Well, he's man. got this season and then six years, so that puts him at 31, right? Yeah. Which so maybe maybe it does kind of equal out, but Peterson's the only one who we've seen recently yeah. hit that 30 mark and still continue to I wouldn't say thrive, but be successful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100. percent I mean, didn't he tear his ACL after he was 30 and still came back and ran for a thousand yards? I'm not positive about the time frame, but yeah, he's still doing well. I mean, yeah. I expect him to have a decent year. I mean, you he's one of those guys. It's like Brady. You're going to have to show me you're not going to have a good year until you're not going to have one. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go against you. So, like the Spurs or something, or, you know, somebody like that. You're going to have to show me that you're not any good anymore before we say you're not going to be any good. Yeah, At least myself. All those players or franchises are cerebral as well, too. Yeah. And I would put them in that category. So, the other thing is, man, is this Antonio Brown stuff. Yeah. I, like, came I, out fast and furious. It's, first off, if. You didn't get to watch Hard Knocks. No. Hard Knocks was fantastic. It always is. Hard Knocks is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever gotten to watch it, but Hard Knocks is one of the best made shows that there is. It's it's so good. Yeah, I have seen some of it. I watched the NBA's Association. I, I like those things as well, too. Yeah. I just didn't follow up with this one. So, um, this year it was the Raiders. So, the Raiders the, – the, the, I will say this, though. The stuff they showed on Hard Knocks, they did not show half as much that was coming out in the media, which to me just shows – the media, just like everything, blows things out of proportion. Right. They showed the stuff that he was talking about with the helmet. To me, it didn't really sound that outlandish. They made it sound like he was being a child, and I'm only going to play if I – he was just like, look, I feel more comfortable in this helmet. I'll try other helmets, but this is the helmet that I want to wear. Right. And then they were like, well, we'll give you other helmets that are like that. And then he went and bought ten helmets that were legal. So, like, it wasn't as bad as what they were saying. To me, there's two things with that. First of all, that's his own personal health. So I do think you have to protect the player, and that's what the NFL is there for. But that's his own personal choice. And then the other thing is from playing lower, lower, lower level athletics personally, there's a feel and a rhythm to everything that you do. Yes. And if you are being paid professionally 
and are considered one of the best in the world at what you do, and there's a slight adjustment that is throwing off your rhythm, man, I would do everything I could to change that. Yeah. So I understand a little bit where he was coming from with that whole situation. I agree if it was blown out of proportion, you know, the things he was saying should not have been true, like he was never going to play football again. It does hurt his now, brand. He may have said that, but he never said that on – on hard knocks one time yeah and it's posturing too you know that doesn't mean it was necessarily true but you you posture that way kind of like jerry jones was doing with the zeke thing making it sound like he wasn't going to sign a deal so that way they have the leverage man that's that's how this game works but yeah i I think it was sad to see it was blown out proportion and then now all of a sudden we get all these new things that come out as well too what happens so when he was doing that helmet stuff there were practices that he missed Correct. But he also missed it because he had frostbite on his feet, which for those of you that don't know, he got in the cryogenic chamber, didn't wear – got in a cryogenic chamber, didn't wear in the France. correct footwear. Huh? In France. Yeah, in France when he was on vacation, didn't wear the proper footwear, got frostbite on his feet, looked disgusting. Yeah. And that was why he missed a couple of practices. Right. So they came out and said, well, actually it was because of the helmet. You saw this guy's feet on hard knocks. They were disgusting. Yeah, I didn't think it had anything to do with the helmet. I get that's their right to say that, and yeah. they're, but I didn't think it had anything to do so with that. They they come out uh, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and they give him this piece of paper in his locker. And it says, hey, we're going to find you for those practices that you missed. Right. And it was a drop in a bucket to him. Yeah. A.B. gets a little upset. Yeah. And, As he uh, tends to do. He becomes yeah. a little emotional. Actually, this might have been Thursday when this happened. A.B. gets a little upset, and Mike Mayock is watching practice, and he uh, gives him a little piece of his mind. Well, first thing he did was once he got the note, he posted it on whatever Instagram. social media. Yeah, he posted yeah. it on Instagram. And then he wrote something on there. I forget what it was, but something Since, you you wouldn't want said. Yeah, you know what I mean? and uh, so Mike Mayock is at practice, and uh, he gives Mike Mayock a little piece of his mind, right. to say the least says some colorful language, and then grabs a ball and punts it and says, find me for that. Yeah, which I think there's three things involved with that. First of all, we haven't heard how that, how the conversation originated there. Now The conversation originated that came out today on how it originated. What? So Mike Mayock was at practice, and he was just watching practice. Ant- Antonio Brown was not happy that he was there because he was pissed that he got that letter. Right. Antonio Brown went out of his way to go say stuff to Mike Mayock. Shocker. Yeah, and gave him a piece of his mind. Again, I'm keeping this as PG as possible. Right. Uh, called him some very colorful language. Um, no, those that, things aren't very colorful, but they are a little salty. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he called him that, and he said some other things. Uh, and then he punted the ball, like I said. He was being held by held back by Vontez Perfect, I believe it was. Yeah. And uh, they said that it looked like it was going to get – it looked like it could get physical, but it never did. And then uh, they did that, and Antonio Brown got kicked out of practice, and then they decided they were going to suspend him. Mayock isn't a little dude, but I think I'm probably taking A.B. in that fight. But they also said that Mayock never responded to him. He was just ignoring it. He was trying to let it de-escalate, and it almost – him doing that almost made Antonio Brown even more mad that he wouldn't respond to him. Right. So, which isn't his fault. I no. think that's the correct way to handle that situation. Absolutely. Yes, for sure. And they said that Mayock kind of, you know, just like brushed it off, like oh, blah blah blah, whatever, and and you know, kind of just walking away from the situation. Antonio Brown wasn't happy about that, so they suspended him. And then it comes out today that 
Antonio Brown got together with the captains of the team, uh, arranged the meeting for the entire team. They didn't say if Mike Mayock was there. Right. They did say the entire team was there, and he was standing at the front of the room with uh, the captains and had a heartfelt apology. They said he even was very, he said he was very emotional, which, of course, he's going to be that way after he makes himself look like a fool the day before. Yeah, um, which happens to all of yeah. us at some point and in time. He also came out to the media and said some things that I thought were good for him to say as well, too. But the question is. Has the damage been done between he and Mike Mayock? Yeah. Did he say that? Is he sincerely apologetic of what he did? Or is he sorry that he kind of got caught in the sense of now they were talking about there was ways, you know, you hear of this guaranteed money. Yeah. But there's ways that they could have avoided that money. So I wonder if that's what set the record straight because he's like, i you know, I live and die on this money. I mean, he, yeah, so, he spends money pretty quickly. So for those of you that don't know, they signed a contract. He has $31 million guaranteed. Correct. But with his contract, there was a void. There was a, uh, a clause in his contract that said if he was suspended for contract detriment or uh, conduct detrimental to the team mm-hmm. for any of the first two games, I believe it was, or maybe any games during the season, Yeah. then they are – able to null and void that $31 million guarantee and thus null his contract and only pay him a million dollars. Right. So, really Yeah, I forget the, what the exact contract said as far as logistics of it, but it's 100%. If he acts out of line and they deem it to be out of line, then they can withhold that money and from just him. And be like, all right, cool, kick rocks. Yeah. Which I'd be happy if they did that because then he can come to the Patriots. Uh, everybody was saying they were <laughs> trading a 2041 918th pick for yeah. him. And, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't have surprised me if Belichick managed to pull that off. Yes. I think there's a lot of other teams in the NFL who would still take him even with the last two situations. But I think there's only certain teams that really can. You know, it, right. Like I think someone like Kansas City, Kansas City could. I think the Patriots could. I honestly think probably you all could. McVeigh, I feel like McVeigh could handle him in uh, Los Angeles. Yeah, the Rams for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's just certain teams that are already set in stone that like they don't need him. But if he's there, he's going to make that team that much better. Well, it's Los Angeles too. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, I would add them. Great receiving core. Yeah, but still. I mean, even the other Los Angeles team. Yeah. Yeah, Chargers. Yeah. I, so there's, I think there's only a handful of teams that could really take him if that was to end up ending in Oakland, which I don't think it is now. I think it's kind of blown over. I think it's over with now. At least we think so. Who knows? I think we've heard so much information about it in the two days that I don't think we've gotten the true side of either. You know, neither, it's like poker. Neither side has really shown their full hand. So both of them are posturing. I think this weekend is going to be a very important game for A.B., and I think he's going to need to show out. I think Derek Carr is going to need to – Get him some touches. AB's probably going to request that more than he ever has before in the past. And that'll be the determining factor because, once again, winning cures everything around stuff. I was like a little that. surprised, man. So, like I said, I watched Hard Knocks. I was a little surprised to see them cut one of their wide receivers. Uh, Keelan Doss was his name. He was an undrafted rookie. Kids got hands, man. Really? Yes. And uh, the Jaguars ended up picking him up. I'm anxious to see if he does anything for them. It's, I don't know. I thought that kid was solid. And it was very surprising to me because of how much Gruden loved him during the show. Like, he talked about Keelan Doss the entire time. Yeah. So that's that's one of my guys that I say, hey, you know, keep a lookout for Keelan Doss because I think he could definitely make some noise. Well, luckily he's got a better quarterback now in Jacksonville. 
I mean, Super Bowl winning quarterback. <laughs> I'm not going to say I, – I can't say anything bad about Nick Foles. He's, Nick Foles is the man. But So, we wanted to do something. Uh, BJ and I aren't the biggest uh, fantasy football gurus. Uh, yeah, speak for yourself. Well, I mean, I will because you kept saying you know more about it than I do. When no, I was we were, trying to boost you up so that yeah. way I could tear you down once my team wins. Yeah, so, uh, I've done both of my fantasy drafts now. I'm pretty happy with both my teams. But something that uh, we wanted to do, we wanted to give just kind of our top three, uh, top three or so on both of the who who we think are the best ones, who we would not draft, and then uh, we just have a top five sleepers. Yeah, so we're taking the power positions, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end. And then, as you mentioned, power rankings of our top three, kind of some people that we would personally stay away from who are maybe higher-name guys, and then giving you a little bit of an inside mind as to who some of our sleepers are. Yeah, so I looked at um, I looked at your list when we were talking about some other stuff. We right. had the exact same quarterback list. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's I t- mean, we won't to spend too much this. on this one, really, because, like I said, it's very rare that anybody has anything different than this. One, we got Patrick Mahomes. Two, we got Deshaun Watson. Three, we got Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's the thing about the quarterback position is the top three are heavy favorites. And I think based on what we saw last night, you might put the top two in their own category. Um, I don't know if that's true for the rest of the season, but with Green Bay saying that they're going to be a run-first team this year, that might take away some fantasy points from Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. Last night was not just a struggle, it was a struggle to watch. It was, yeah. man, it was bad. Well, as I said, I don't mind defensive battles, and there was pressure on the quarterbacks most of the game, but, man, it was just not executing. It was just it, not it looked, good offense. It looked like the first game of the NFL season, or it looked like a late preseason game. Not, not a blast for me to watch, but, you know, I still watched it to the end, and it was in question at the end as well, too, until Trubisky threw that interception in the end zone, which was very disappointing to see. Yeah, he was driving him down the field, and that was really the only time he had really played well during the game. And it was like, okay, maybe he's finally settling in, and then he throws that errant pass in the end zone. It's like – I wouldn't say he played – like, they didn't open up the playbook for him. They were very typical play calls. And it was just like, okay, when are they going to take a shot? And a couple of times that he did have inside leverage with a wide receiver, he would overthrow him just by a step. So, Trubisky played terrible. Let that be known. With that being said, that interception was the end of the game, but that was the first time that he made a crucial flaw that would have cost them the game type of deal. Yeah. And it was to his former teammate as well, too. So yeah. he kind of had a read on it. But, yeah, I would say the lower tier gets a lot more interesting for the quarterback position. Um, while we're on this, I'm going to give you a couple of guys that I would stay away from personally. And nothing against either of these guys, but I think Kyler Murray has been projected extremely high on this. And I'm not sold on the Arizona offense in general. I'm not saying Kyler Murray couldn't be a good player, but as far as fantasy points this year, a lot of places have him ranked in the top five quarterbacks, or I've got him at seven is what I originally saw on this list. Stay away from Kyler Murray. Um, Ben Roethlisberger is another guy. I think Ben Roethlisberger is coming towards the end of his career. I think that offense will be a good offense this year, Um, but I think that's kind of dependent on James Conner. So interesting to see those two guys fell at seven and eight on the list that I was looking at. I would personally stay away from both. So I actually don't have either one of those guys on mine, but not to say that I don't agree with both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, My number one is Jameis Winston. 
I know a lot of people are going to be like, really? Why? He's got a new offensive coordinator. His offense should be better. I never will trust that dude to stay in and play for a full season. Yeah, for the multiple reasons. The guy can't reasons. stay out of trouble. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to throw to his own team either. He throws a lot of interceptions. He's got some great targets out there. He this does. was a guy that actually before – maybe four weeks ago when we had first talked about this, I told you I was very high on Jameis. I still am high on him. I just think, once again, the pool of quarterbacks from – five through 12 become very murky for me. Yeah. The next one is uh, the quarterback in Buffalo, Josh Allen. Just, I don't understand why he's getting put above Lamar at all. Like hmm. nothing that he does is better than Lamar. His completion percentage was lower when he came out of college. He can't run like Lamar. I just, I don't get why he's put ahead of Lamar ever. He's a gunslinger, man. I, I actually think this is one where I disagree with you. I think he is a guy to watch for, but I think he's lower lower tier. To me, it'd be nice to pick up Josh Allen at some point. You know, obviously a lot of drafts have already happened, but stash him on your bench if you're in a 12-man league. On your bye week, if you have to play him, I don't think it'd be a bad option. But if he gets hot, I think he could be interesting. And the next one is not because I don't think he's good. It's just because I don't think he's as good as where people have him ranked. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. I yeah. don't – I would not – I've seen Baker Mayfield ranked as high as four on quarterbacks. That's what I was going to say. I've seen him a lot at four through six. And I don't – look, I, I want to reinforce this. I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't think he's there yet. To me, he hasn't done enough to me for me to say, yep, he'd be my fourth quarterback picked after those top three. Well, keep in mind this is fantasy talk as well, yeah. too. So we're not talking about skill level. We're not talking about anything of that nature. There's a lot of intangibles involved with this. He has phenomenal weapons all around him. I'd like to see him prove it to yeah. me before I put him as a top five fantasy quarterback in the league. So um, I looked at our running backs. We'll go ahead and give our one and three because we had the same one and three. All right. And we'll give our we'll give our number twos. To me, that. this is another thing, though, where the number one on the running back is undisputed. Yeah, absolutely. Not even in the close conversation for a second. Former Penn State alumni. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is nice. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys, man, where, man, you really heard the hype, and, man, he really lived up to it coming into the NFL. Yeah, 100%. And he will be the focal point of that offense. You know, yeah. if they're smart, they will feed him the ball and, once again, wear him out until he's 30. But I expect him to get a lot of touches this year. I expect him to have a lot of touchdowns. I expect him to have 100-plus yard games, probably 14 games this year. I mean, Actually, let's just go in order of what we have. Do you want to go first with your number two? I'm fine with that. So right. the number two I have is going to be a guy in Carolina, and this is an all-purpose back. He does a little bit of everything, but I've got Christian McCaffrey back there. I think part of the reason why I have him at two over my third pick is because beginning the season, Cam has dealt with you know a hurt foot. I think Cam is a very mobile quarterback, and dealing with both of these two is a problem. But – Christian McCaffrey is going to come on strong in the end of the season because you need Cam to be explosive for Christian to have a bigger game. I expect him to touch the ball 20-plus times you know, each game out of the backfield as well as being thrown to. Christian McCaffrey is going to be my number two. He's nice. I, I, it, when I say that like he's right there on the edge of, of, my, uh, of my number three, but my number two is Alvin Kamara. Uh, I, I just love the – what he brings to the table, and plus he gets the ball a lot. That's what I was going to say. Similar similar style where he's all-purpose and he's going to have a lot of touches. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost essentially exactly what you said about 
McCaffrey, the only difference is, is his quarterback's not really mobile. Right. But his quarterback is the exact same that the Patriots do. Well, there's a lot of dink and dunk to the to the running backs. They use their running backs a lot at, as pass catchers to run the ball instead of really running the ball like a true running back would. Yeah, to me, it's play calling more yeah. than the quarterback. Obviously, you have to have a good quarterback to do that, but the play calling is very much favorable for Kamara. Yeah. So uh, we had the same number three. It was just mentioned. We just mentioned him actually, Ezekiel Elliott. Tennessee probably wants Kamara right now. By the way. Oh, I guarantee <laughs> it. Dude. Did you see? By the way, did you see their receiver? They actually end up transferring. Yeah, I showed it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still can't believe that. I mean, I can now because he's transferred, but, yeah, it's – Interesting story. Man, they're falling apart. It's like yeah. – did you hear that they also had a players-only meeting after their first game? No. That's, that's bad news bears right there, dude. Yeah. You have a players-only meeting after the first game of the season. That's not a good thing. To me, there's sometimes where you just come out and lay an egg, and this looked like a sign of much more to come in the future. It didn't look like laying an egg. No, this so. looked like they're just – it's not very good. Yeah. So, next we got wide receivers. I didn't actually look at your wide receivers. Yeah, don't forget Ezekiel Elliott oh. at our three. You, you oh, mentioned yeah, I him. Mentioned, I just I want for, to say to I our fans. I forgot we, uh, we went to the – we got to go to the bottom. Yep. For our uh, not draft guys. Yeah, so a couple of guys that I saw in top 10 or top 15 for a lot of the year. Um, Aaron Jones, guy who we watched last night. Yes, I did have Aaron Jones on my list before last night. Um, <laughs> that can be attested to uh, for our Wednesday episode we were going to do. But Aaron Jones just has not impressed me with what he brings to the table. I think he could be a great player. I do think the Packers are saying everything that would make him look like he would be a top 10 running back as far as fantasy points. I think they'll spread the wealth around, yeah. and they won't rely on one guy. So take Aaron Jones out of your top ten as far as running backs. The other guy that is worrisome to me is a guy that a lot of people have as worrisome, but it's Todd Gurley. I think he is a guy who, when he's healthy, when he's happy, could be in that conversation for our top three that we mentioned up there. Probably not in the conversation for the top two on my list, but I, I think him and Zeke could compete for that. Kamara's in that mix as well, too, with me. But he's got that arthritic knee. Um, a lot of speculation circulating last year in the postseason with what he had going on. I think McVay is a plug-and-play guy and could replace him if he needed to, as he showed us last year. That offense is not focused around having an elite-level running game, but it is needed. I think Todd Gurley is a guy you stay away from currently. So uh, I don't have either one of those guys, but those are I love Gurley, and it's hard for me to say that about Gurley, but I totally yeah. see where people are coming from. Uh, so, and I think if he was late, like if you could get him in the seventh round, I think that'd be a steal. If you got him in the seventh round, yeah, then steal. you got an absolute steal. Hopefully. I mean, he could not play for half the year. I, um, I haven't seen him drop back that far at all in any of the drafts I've been in. I have not either. That's why I wanted to make sure I'm saying I wouldn't draft him in my top three to five. But if he's in a fifth, sixth, seventh round, you got to take him, I think. So my number one is uh, very similar to my number three on my not draft. It's not because I don't think this guy's good. Uh, he actually plays for the same team. Uh, Nick Chubb. I love Nick Chubb's game, but don't tell me that Nick Chubb right now is the is right there with the Zeke, with the Christian McCaffrey's, with the. I've seen he got drafted. I saw him get drafted number four. Wow. Nick Chubb is is, is solid. He had a very solid rookie year. Yeah. And I think that Nick Chubb is on the verge of becoming. But 
I can't. There's no way. Fantasy is such an interesting thing to me, too, because you see different focal points being favorited each year. And this year was obviously the running back, as it typically is. But wide receiver was a close second. Man, I, I, from what I'm hearing, if you took Mahomes above basically the 28th total pick or the set early third round, you were making a mistake. And Mahomes, to me, as we mentioned, is a big separating factor between the other quarterbacks. But, man, quarterbacks went late this year. So I could see how Chubb would get boosted up by that. But, yeah, if you're putting him in the conversation with Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, and, um, and Kamara, Kamara yeah. I, I don't see that to be true. Yeah, so – that's my number one. My number two is uh, Damian Williams for the Chiefs. Mm. I just think – I don't think he's the guy. Yeah. I really don't, especially after the signing they made. Uh, I didn't think he was really the guy before that. A lot of people were saying, well, Darwin Thompson would probably take over for him anyway. I just don't think Damian Williams can take the wear and tear of a full season. Funny thing about that, we were talking about this before, and I – what did I say? Damian Thompson? You said Damian – yeah, you said Damian Thompson. You mixed their names. Yeah, I mixed up. I was – Keeping one guy, but I was mixing up their two running backs. So, yeah, little inside scoop behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to give my hand too much on this one, but I agree with you on this one, surprisingly enough. Uh, the uh, My last one is the running back for the Denver Broncos, Phillip Lindsay. Ooh. I just, I don't that's see, an intriguing one to I me. I don't see it. I, I see a lot of people putting him not like up like they have Chubb, but I don't know, man. I, I tend to stay away from Broncos players. He had a phenomenal year at some points during the year last year. On FanDuel and DraftKings, he was kind of one of those sleeper guys who yeah. emerged, and you could get him for cheap, and he had major production. He's, he reminds me of Doug Martin. I think, Ooh. you know, Doug Martin had that yeah. really good one year, and then everyone – Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, and then everyone's like, oh, I know who this guy is, and then you just don't hear about him again. We've seen a lot of running backs like that recently, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, and that's that's the way I think Philip Lindsay is going to be. Yeah, product of the system though. I think uh, Denver could run the ball. I, I'm not that low on uh, Lindsay, but I do agree with what you're saying. If yeah. he's going to be up in the upper echelon conversation, he's going to have to show me some production. I'm very thankful for what he did for me last year and winning me some money and some allegedly winning me some money is what I should say <laughs> and winning me some uh, fantasy matchups. But yeah, to put him in a top ten, it'll be interesting to see if he can uphold that end of his bargain. So who do you who do you got for uh, wide receiver? Wide receiver, I start off with the number one ranked guy in my personal opinion, Devontae Adams, and I think. Oh wow! Once again, I think this was not proven last night as far as total production, but I think what was proven, um, and I say once again, I was getting ready to say this was before last night, so I had this list well in advance. But I think Devontae is going to get targeted a ton. Um, I thought from watching the Packers offense before in the past that he was going to get probably 15 looks a game. I think that might go down a little bit, but I do think Rodgers will force feed him that ball. We've watched Rodgers have connections with receivers in the past. Jordy, uh, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. I'm Randall Cobb. Jordy Robinson. Randall Cobb. Yeah. Um, both of those are the guys that I was thinking of. I think Devontae Adams is that guy now. And his route running. I don't know if you saw this, but he made Chad Cinco cry. I did see that. Yeah. Very odd video. My number one, I think, is I can't believe you're putting somebody above him. Yeah. To me, he's the best receiver in the game. He's been the best receiver in the game for – past couple of years but I don't think he's been recognized as that but in my opinion he has been uh, DeAndre Hopkins yeah DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans is is a phenomenal wide receiver um, best hands in the game as far as wide receivers go I mean he has the lowest drop percentage of any wide receiver in the league yeah 
I think it was like nine, uh, I thought Michael Thomas did last year because he only year, had one. It was Michael Thomas. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins had it until last year. Yes. And I believe it was like 98% or something. Something yeah. nuts like that. Oh, it's stupid. I don't think Michael Thomas had a drop ball last year or yeah. one maybe. But that's the only reason why I knew that because I remember seeing that stat. So, yeah, my number one is DeAndre Hopkins. I'll go ahead and say my number two. And then you can go to your number. My number two is Devontae Adams. Yeah. Piggyback well, I, of everything you said there. I, I think Devontae Adams, but I just – to me, it's DeAndre Hopkins – and then there's a big gap, and then there's the other, the other guys. Well, I have DeAndre Hopkins as my number two, as I think you have to have those two up there. I do get what you're saying. I, I strictly took Devontae Adams because of the offensive style. Now knowing what I know, you know, probably could have potentially made a mistake with that, <laughs> but hindsight's twenty twenty, and we'll see how it goes. So, I'd yeah. say we probably had the same number three. I liked watching him, by the way, at Clemson, right? Yeah. Him and Sammy Watkins, and then they had Taj Boyd. Yeah. as their quarterback yep. that I, I'm not a Clemson fan but I remember watching them that was when North Carolina was not terrible and man we almost had them a couple of times I feel like didn't they have uh CJ Spiller too or was that was CJ Spiller before that I, I'll be honest I don't remember I, I just focused on those three because I'm you know being a former quarterback I'm a pass friendly uh individual yeah <laughs> CJ Spiller was nice I think he was there then okay and Deshaun had some teams. Deshaun Watson had some teams that were really fun matchups as well, too. One of the guys that we mentioned earlier. So, yeah, yeah North Carolina hopefully can get back to so that. So, who's your number three receiver? I'm going to go ahead and guess it's probably the same one I have. So, I actually have 3A and 3B. Okay. Some would call it three and some would call it four. You call it whatever you want. But my number three on paper is going to be Julio Jones. And then my number four directly behind him is going to be Michael Thomas. I think both those guys are in offenses that can get them the ball. But I think, to be honest, you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins might be one of the best receivers in the league or the – now, we're talking fantasy. I think those two might be the best actual receivers as far as a Julio guy you want on your team. I still yeah. think DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is still the best receiver in the league. Yeah. He just gets – he's one, his team's not on TV as much as those other guys. It seems like the Falcons are always on TV. Yeah, and they I, are. But that's the thing. They're always fun to watch because they air it out so much. Yeah. And fun it seems fact, like the, they were one of the two teams to beat the Eagles on an opening night in the last 10 years. Wasn't it last year? Uh, a couple years ago. I, I remember. Last year, last year was Patriots-Eagles. I want to say five years ago, but I remember watching it. It's at this restaurant that has been changed ten times, and I remember saying to myself, that was the year I was going to wear a different pair of shoes every Eagles game, and then <laughs> that happened. I went, no, I'm not doing that. That ticks me off. <laughs> so, like I, like I gave away, I have Michael Thomas as my number three. Yeah. So, um, we have uh, wide receivers in their not draft as well. Yep. So a couple of guys that were featured that to me and, and what my thought is on this are not guys that you don't ever draft. The whole yeah. thing is where they're ranked and projected. I have them lower than that. Right. Yes. So the guy who's kind of the obvious one is after information has came out in the past two weeks, you got a guy who T.Y. Hilton, who is an elite level wide receiver. I think he takes the tops off a lot of defenses. Brissett's going to have to prove to me on that. Yeah. So that's why I'm taking him out personally. I do think that Colts team has a good team on paper, but they needed luck to be an elite team. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is the other one. So Emmanuel Sanders is a guy, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, plays in Denver. Um, Denver just does not do it for me. I'm going to go ahead and knock him down a little He's bit. He's actually one of the ones I forgot that I would actually draft. I did actually draft Emmanuel Sanders. 
I would I would say don't draft Emmanuel Sanders early. Right. Draft Emmanuel Sanders eight to eleven in your rounds, and I think it'll be eight fine. to eleven round eight to round eleven. Eight okay. to eleven. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I have seen him in the top. I don't want to say ten because I think he was like twelve ish on the list, but I have seen him way, way up there. And to me, I don't see it. No, I don't see that either as well. I I 100% agree with you on that. Um, Seventh or eight, I do think that's a decent pickup. I mean, obviously, if you're a six-man league, I think he falls a little bit further than that. I mean, I got him in the 12th round. Yeah. And I think it was a In a what-man league? Uh, Or woman. In a 10-team league. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was happy with it. So I agree with that. I could see that being very true. My number one, it goes back to uh, the number one quarterback, Mike Evans. It is, I just don't trust Tampa. I just don't. <laughs> uh, number two is a guy that I've, I've always kind of felt like is kind of overrated, in my opinion. Not to say it goes back to the Mayfield stuff. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I don't really get the hype because it seems like every time it's big time, he doesn't show up. Keenan Allen for the Chargers. Really? Yes, I, I'm not. I'm not sold on Keenan Allen. That's somewhat surprising to me because we have seen him in a lot of five through eight receiving court. Yeah. And the other one is just what you said, T. Y. Hilton. Yeah. And it's not any any fault of his own. It's his starting quarterback re- retired. Yep. Which is unfortunate. And I, I hope the Colts still have a decent season, but. We'll see how it goes. And the next one, I don't think anybody really has any different list. If you do, you can write us a message. But our tight ends list, uh, we said it before to each other. Uh, if you want to go ahead and read read the list of those. Yep. Number one, I've got Travis Kelsey, and I think he's a substantial favorite. Uh, yeah. I don't think anybody, once again, if you're putting in categories, he's the guy you need to focus on. I think two and three are surprisingly close, and that hurts me to say that. But I've got Zach Ertz, and then I've got George Kittle of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. George Kittle came on really strong last season. He was another guy who was yeah. underrated. And before the season, I don't think he was projected super high, even though he is more of a receiving tight end. Um, but he got you a lot of points for minimal contribution in the FanDuel and DraftKings platforms yeah. last year. So I'll start the uh, do not draft list for the tight ends. My number one uh, is probably going to surprise you because of what I said earlier, but I just don't think there's enough balls to go around here. I'm going with Jared Cook in New Orleans. Wow. I just don't – I don't see – You said number one. He's my number one do not draft. I don't think he's going to get enough touches for you to have him starting at your tight end position. Yeah. I have him as a sleeper potentially. There you go. Which he's not really slept on anymore. Well, I've got Delaney Walker in that number one category. I think, once again, in Tennessee with Mariota, and then you've got Derrick Henry. And and the fact that he's 112 years old. Yeah. It's just an interesting theme, and I, I was very surprised to see him as high as what he was on a lot of draft boards. So tight end is one you can take very late. Uh, obviously, you want to key on those three that we mentioned earlier because the talent pool for getting you fantasy points drops substantially. Tight end is such a weird position to draft because of that. Oh, it's so tough to know when to draft It's them. like, should I take one now because I'm not going to get one of those top three? Right. Or should I just say, hey, let's build up on those other things? And that's, that's but to the me, the quarterback was like that this year. I think the difference between the quarterback and the tight end position was that there is a lot of mid-level guys who are very good on the quarterback position, but knowing when to take a quarterback initially or when to take a tight end initially as your pick was very tough for me this year. 
Yeah, I mean, I just got Brady in both my leagues, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, not I'm going to be watching their games. so Not many people were high on him as well, no, too. So you, it, yeah. They never are, to be honest with you, and I always have him, and he always does well for me. So Yeah. So, you want to go to your number two, or you want me to take my, my number two? Go ahead, drop it for us. My number two is David Njoku. Hmm. Two guys who I have on my sleeper tight end list. I that just you saw. don't really get the hype with Njoku, other than the fact that he's really young. Yeah. Freak athlete. He, I mean, he is, but he's not shown anything that's shown me that he's a good ball catcher. I was gonna or say yeah. he just does. He doesn't do anything for me. He does have a little bit of the stone hand problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my number two. Yeah. So my number two might be a little bit controversial because it's a team we talked about earlier with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, but Greg Olson is going to be a guy who I stay away from. Part of this is the aging factor. Part of this is their style of offense. Um, I think Olsen is a guy who could blow up. And so, once again, if you can get him super, super late, you need to take advantage of that. But I think he's kind of been on that cusp of George Kittle, you know, right behind him. I do not see that to be true. So, pass on Greg Olsen. Let somebody else use a pick that's too high. Stack up on the wide receiver or running back position, as we mentioned earlier. And then hope to get a steal on a tight end like somebody we mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, uh, my number three, uh, there's actually two factors that go into this. One, I felt like last year was just lightning in a bottle that, that they caught with it. Mm. Two, I think it's his age. And three, his quarterback retired, Eric Ebron. Okay. I, not that I don't think Eric Ebron's talented, but it's like – And he has a backup whose potential take – I forget what his name I is. I can't think of who their backup tight end is either, but it's like yeah. you're kind of old. You had a great season last year. Yeah. I just I don't see it happening again for him this year. Honestly, on your first thing, I thought you were going to say Evan Ingram when when you first said no. that. Then when you said no. old, I went, okay, that's not Evan Ingram. No. But, yeah. So, it's interesting to me. Who's your number three? No, I just, oh, had, just had two, two. on each one. Yeah. So, now uh, we also put – did you put your sleepers in your in order of who you thought? I did. I, I'm not sold on my order. We didn't really I talk about this. You want to go uh, five to one or you want to go the other way? I think we go five to one. All right. So um, – I'll start with mine. So my five and four are strictly their sleepers, not because of their names or their talent, but just because I feel like a lot of people are skipping them completely because they don't think that they're going to play or they're, they don't want to waste a pick on this person. Yeah. I actually got my number five in the ninth round on my draft the other day. Okay. So I'm going with A.J. Green. A.J. Green is a number one wide receiver talent. Big time. And – I know he's expected to be to miss probably four weeks. They said he should be healthy by two, and then and then get in playing shape by three and four. Yeah, I've heard two to six. Yeah, so to me, I think if you can get AJ Green, I would say at the very earliest eighth, but ninth the ninth the twelfth, I think you would get an absolute steal um, with AJ Green. Yeah, I picked up A.J. Green personally, and it was actually before his injury, so that kind of hurt me again because I probably took him too high. But I do think he's a guy who you stash. Oh, yeah. You have to have a couple other, and you need to key on this is with fantasy, you got to know your bye weeks. Yeah. And so I was looking originally, I almost shot myself in the foot with that. It worked out just fine. But my number five guy is going to be a guy who just recently has been made a move. Been made a move. That's not correct. But (laughs) – has been forced to move and is going back to somebody who he's very comfortable with. So my number five sleeper pick will be LaShawn 
Shady McCoy. Going back to Andy Reid, I think, once again, this alludes to your pick earlier with having their starting running back kind of slide down a little bit. I think Shady will come in ready to play. I think Reed knows what he brings to the table from watching him in Philadelphia. And I think he's a guy who you could stash, see how he does week one, week two, week three. Don't judge him solely on that because he might have to learn the offense with being in a recent trade or pick up whatever it ended up being. But LaShawn McCoy will be my number five sleeper pick. So number four, I'll go to as well, too. And we'll go with a wide receiver. So number five was a running back. If you don't know Shady McCoy, you're under a rock. But <laughs> number four, I'll go Especially with Especially with how much you talk about him. Oh, I love Shady. Shady's one of my all-time favorite Eagles, and I would have loved. I requested that he would have came back home. He chose not to, but, hey, to each their own. Uh, my number four guy for sleeper pick is going to be Sterling Shepard. I'm very high on Solid. Sterling Shepard this year. I do think I have seen him pretty high on some draft boards, but not as high as what I think he should be. Um, I think he will probably be their number one target this year. And even though Eli gets a lot of crud, I think they will still throw it a decent amount. So key on Sterling Shepard. He'll be a nice wide receiver who you can pick up later and uh, get good value out of. So my number four is another guy that uh, is kind of similar to A.J. Green because you know he's going to miss games. Uh, running back out of the out of Los Angeles, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I've seen Melvin Gordon drop a lot. Oh, my goodness. And I've seen people not even picking him up at all. Yeah. So um, Melvin Gordon is another one of those guys that you can get him late. Even if you, even if you team him with Eckler, I, even though I don't think he's going to stay where he's at, unlike Zeke did. Like, this is one that I feel like he's going to go somewhere else for sure. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of posturing on their end saying they're not going to, you know, negotiate until after the season. I think if he has a good year, that could help him out a lot. He doesn't want to get hurt. It's a Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah. I, I'd be, what week does he have to come back? Wasn't it week like eight or something like that something if he wants like to that. play? So, yeah, if you can have him for half the year and get him late, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. So, yeah, Melvin Gordon is mine. Again, I'm not saying pick him with your first pick <laughs> or take him in the second round. I'm talking, you know, around the same times that I was talking A.J. Green. Yeah, I think you have to take him at that point, but I think you have to have other running backs that are a good option. Watch your bye week, as we mentioned earlier, but I'll go with my number three. This is a guy who is little known, in my opinion, and part of this is going to be my fandom watching it, right? But the Eagles offense utilize – the tight end position a lot and a lot of times it's for scoring drives as well too so in the red zone they look for the tight end you obviously have Zach Ertz who is keyed on a ton but we had a guy emerge last year it's tough to cheer for this guy because his first name is Dallas and we don't like a lot of Dallas in Philadelphia you know <laughs> what I'm saying but Dallas Goddard is a guy who's going to be my number three sleeper pick we talked about it earlier there's not a extensive list of tight ends that are going to put up good consistent numbers I don't think Goddard will be a week-to-week -week play, but I think he will be a strategic matchup play, and I think he will get you double-digit points six to eight times this year. So keep an eye out for Dar Dallas Goddard. Um, should be a good sleeper pickup at the tight end position. So my number three is a wide receiver, and he played in the game last night. Uh, probably the most fun name. Actually, I feel yeah. like I have two fun names on my list. Uh, but probably the most fun name to say in the NFL, Geronimo Allison. 
I think his mother loved him. Sometimes yeah. we say his mother didn't love him for giving him that name. Well, that's because when she wanted to, when she was yelling at him, she could just yell Geronimo. Geronimo. Yeah. So he's getting in trouble. She gets to yell that. Yeah. I probably wouldn't yell at him if I was his mother. <laughs> she. That's a big boy right there. But uh, another another cool name and also another wide receiver I have at number two. Um, I think is going to have a solid season this year uh, with the acquisition of your boy Nick Foles. I think that D.D. Westbrook is going to have a solid year. Um, so that would be my number two sleepers, D.D. Westbrook. Yep, so number two for me, I'm going with another position again. And if you've noticed, I've had the running back, the wide receiver, and the tight end position. Only position left is going to be quarterback. So we mentioned earlier there's a couple of higher-tier guys. There's a mix of lower-tier guys. I think a guy who I've seen fallen recently is going to be a guy by the name of Derek Carr. Obviously, the Antonio Brown situation will be a big help for him because having a weapon like that is huge. Um, but Derek Carr in a John Gruden offense has the making to potentially be a top-tier fantasy quarterback. Now, obviously, it didn't go so great last year. He's going to have to stay healthy. He's going to have to prove himself this year. I think he can do it, and I think this is a year that Derek Carr steps up to the plate. Um, what's funny is we both have a Raiders, our number one sleeper. Well, that was my number two. Oh, that was your number two. But it, bad. it is top. My, my number one would be a running back again, and it's going to be a guy who we mentioned – is a top-tier guy, but is very much slept on, and it's yeah. not talked about. It's a guy by the name of Chris Carson, the running back for the Seattle Seahawks. I'm sure a couple of you out there listening just said, who? Chris Carson is a guy you want to put up towards round three to five. Three, yeah. Yeah, I would say. And, man, if you could get him at five, you're going to be extremely happy with what he brings to the table. Absolutely. So I kind of gave mine – actually, I don't know if I gave mine away because I'm sure there's some people that's going to be like, who? Right. And I say mine as well. My number one uh, sleeper this year, uh, if you watch Hard Knocks, you'll definitely know who he is because they featured him a lot on there. Uh, he's a tight end that plays for the Oakland Raiders, Mr. Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller, kind of like Jared Cook, is a freak athlete as well. Uh, cool thing about Darren Waller, though, is this is his first year – being sober and clean, and he's doing really well with it. And he's actually liking to play football again. And it's I'm hoping more than anything I hope with this sleeper pick, I hope it ends up working out for him. Right. Because you want to see guys like that win. You know what I mean? So my number one uh, sleeper is tight end Darren Waller from the Raiders. I hope he's successful. But unfortunately, with you showing your hand on it, seeing that that receiver that Gruden liked a lot was going to be – Picked up. Well, he's already been project. He's already been set as the starter. Darren Waller has been. I know that, but I'm saying with how high you were on the other receiver that now is in Jacksonville. Jacksonville could have been a little of short-term bias involved there. Actually, no. That guy was brought up to me by my cousin before I even watched Hard Knocks. Who is a very trustworthy yes. fantasy. Individual. If you guys remember, he had the three-hour episode last year strictly on fantasy football. Yeah. So. Um, and he has won. Fan duel and DraftKings events before. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, so. Um, Which is not easy. College football has started. Yeah. I know we just spoke about the NFL, but college football started and Louisville football started. And I think it answered a lot of questions for Louisville fans. Monday night game. It was pretty cool to see them featured. Yeah. 
you know, that was interesting to me how they were able to go off a two-win season and then play against the number nine ranked uh, team in the country currently, but very impressed by that. Yes, I think that I think that more speaks to what um, for what Notre Dame is more than what we are at the moment. Um, but yes, it was awesome to know that you know we're we're the eight o'clock on Monday night on Labor Day weekend. Is great at your home field though. Yes. That's the biggest thing to me. I agree with you. Notre Dame was the selling point of that, but I think that stadium is an underrated stadium and venue. So it was it was very cool to see you all get it. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll get to see the stadium tomorrow. Right. Like I said, you're getting to go, and it's a night game too. So, uh, so Louisville played their first game, uh, lost thirty-five to seventeen. But I'm going to go ahead and say I, I was very I came away from that game very very excited for what this season could bring. Uh, if you all go back and listen to my ACC preview, I said I predicted Louisville to be five and seven. I think watching that game, I th- definitely think that's very doable with the way they played. Yeah. Uh, you go into half, you go, what is it, twenty about 30 seconds before halftime, and actually it was about a minute before halftime, there was three straight fumbles. Louisville has the ball. Uh, Jawan Pass uh, takes off running, gets hit, fumbles the ball. Notre Dame, literally the first play, their quarterback scrambles, gets gets hit, fumbles the ball. Right. Comes back to Louisville. The center does an errant snap, hits Jawan Pass in the in the hands when he's reaching for it, fumble again. So there was a fumble on, on three straight plays. Unfortunately, it gave it back to Notre Dame inside the 15-yard line, which then led them to score the ball with 29 seconds left in the second quarter. Field goal, right? No, they scored a touchdown. Okay. So they score that. you got to think. Louisville was Louisville's offense was doing pretty much what it wanted in the first half. Yeah, run game looked strong. Oh, the run game looked sh- extremely strong. I was very happy with how J.B. Hawkins and, and Asan Hall looked. Well, was it your line or was it them? Because whatever um, and the play calling was good. So I think it was a little bit of both. Uh, we have a we have a first round. I think we have a first, potential first rounder, Mackay Becton. Yeah. Uh, if you see the dude, the guy is an absolute monster. Okay. He is humongous, but they're extremely weak at linebacker. They lost over over 200 combined tackles at linebacker, Notre Dame did. They have strong defensive ends, so you know when you're attacking this team, attack them up the middle, yeah. which is what we did. You want to you want to try to gash them on the outside, but a lot of their stuff is going to be running up the middle. So that was when we ran with Jawan Pass up the middle, or we would run those off tackles. Uh, one of the guys that didn't really – isn't really getting keyed on for a lot of people was redshirt freshman Marshawn Ford, who's a walk-on from Louisville Ballard. The kid played his tail off. He looked absolutely fantastic. Hmm. I think he had one catch for like 15 yards. That was nice. Uh, He had two for 43, my bad. Sorry. (coughs) My voice is going away. But I thought Marshawn Ford, we ran a very weird um, set. I don't even – it was like an, almost like an offset eye, and he was behind the quarterback the entire time. But it was in a shotgun, so I don't really know what you would really call that. Right. Um, but he was in the game the entire time, and he's a walk-on. But he played really, really well. Picked up a lot of good blocks, uh, caught a couple key passes. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, I thought our defense played well. I know they gave up 35 points, but a lot of that was field position. Uh, with the offense fumbling the ball three times, 
And they had some stops. I mean, they, oh, they yeah. needed a couple stops at some times. The thing that was intriguing to me was everything I saw before the game had spreads anywhere from 18 and a half to 19 to 19 and a half. That it was, started out at 21. Well, that was the one-point range that I saw it, though, personally. Yeah. And what's it end up? 18? 18. So, yeah. cover, man, it, it blew me away. And I honestly would have suggested people taking the over um, because – I thought that Notre Dame was going to come in here and, and give UofL a shellacking. But UofL showed up and played. They didn't ever really fall apart. It's like you said, Notre Dame just kind of stepped up to the plate at the end of the game. Yeah. I do think there's some building blocks for UofL in the future, but that schedule is not an easy schedule. So you guys are going to need to win games when you're supposed to win games, and that starts tomorrow. Yeah, I mean – you go back and look at week one. You had Florida State lose at home. Looked absolutely fantastic in the first half and then just completely crumble in the second half. Yeah. So that game still stands to me where I still feel like Louisville can go on the road. And I think they can end the, the month of September 3-1. and one. Um, I think with how Boston College kind of not really struggled, but they didn't look as strong, I think that game's going to be a lot closer than what I thought. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I could definitely see Louisville making that game a lot closer than what I thought before especially with how our defense stepped up. I mean, Notre Dame punted the ball more times than Louisville did in that game. That's definitely a stat to look at for a defense that gave up 50 points over five times last year. Yeah. For a team to force the number nine team in the nation who has a returning starting quarterback, who has a lot of returning starters on offense, forces them to punt the ball more times than they did. Yeah. That's – that's really good. Effort was noticeable off yes. the top of the hand as well, too. I mean, that was the first thing I noticed was this looked like a different team. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you just look at first downs. Louisville had 21. Notre Dame had 18. That's something that you can put that, that you can look at. Louisville didn't have their first penalty until halfway through the second quarter. That's very impressive. That's Compared to what they had, were last year, like that's the biggest thing is it, we're looking off of last year. Louisville – Man, it was just it, it was night and day. The effort was the biggest thing, like you said. Um, I would have liked uh, Jawan Pass's uh, completion percentage to be higher. He had a couple pretty big drops. He had a threw a dime to Tutu Atwell in the first quarter. They got dropped, but he ended up running it in the next play. But I mean, you got to think that makes his completion percentage go up. He had a dime to your old boy Thomas Jackson. They transferred from North Carolina. Absolutely hit him right in the hands, and he dropped it. Yeah, he and, did have some accuracy issues he, on other but places. But he also well, had too. some throws that were just like, dude, who are you throwing that to? Yeah. So that's stuff that hopefully can be fixed in the next two weeks. They're saying Eastern was probably going to be the tougher between Eastern and Western, which predominantly is the truth. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, I saw Louisville's favored by 23 or 23 and a half uh, for the game tomorrow. It's a lot of points. So, yeah. I mean, Eastern blew out Valparaiso, which Valparaiso is absolutely awful. And they ran for like 333 yards. But, again, it's Valparaiso. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the football season. I, I was indifferent. I was obviously excited enough to still renew my season tickets, but I was kind of indifferent. And then because it was like, kind of one of those things where it's like wait and see, you know. You have a team that you, you want to believe in, but you don't really know because they, you felt like they quit, but you hope that there's talent there. Right. Uh, my biggest things coming out of the game – I went past the – I mean, Des Fitzpatrick's got to get involved in the game. Uh, something that John brought up, because I always like to get outside perspective when – because I'm obviously going to be biased with my team. Yeah. So, I like to ask people that watch the games, 
you know, what, what do you see? One of his biggest things was, I don't know if Tutu Atwell is going to hold up with as many touches as you are going to give him. I can see that. To me, that tells me Seth Dawkins and Des Fitzpatrick are going to have to get the ball more. And Jawan Pass is going to have to figure out a way to do that. Jawan Pass fell in love with Tutu Atwell and the running game. That was pretty much the only two people that touched the ball. Marshawn Ford caught a couple of passes. Des Fitzpatrick didn't catch one pass until the end of the game. Des Fitzpatrick has the potential to be an all-ACC wide receiver in, in, in this conference. That's how much skill this guy has. And Seth Dawkins is a huge body. Seth Dawkins is 6'4", just a big body, good hands. We've got to get those guys involved in the game if we want to beat teams down the road because I think we found out that we have the running backs to do that with J.V. and Hawkins and Hassan Hall. Those two guys looked absolutely fantastic. We just got to be able to get the passing game into there, and that's on Jawan Pass. He's got to he's got to sure up these errant throws. So, I'd say first of all, two things: six four is little to me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't bring at me six. <laughs> he's four got giants. some weight on him, though. Well, Something you don't really have. Uh, you teach your own. I'm just saying. You know, the gym would say otherwise. That that <laughs> one eighty six on the scale I was putting up today, not like total weights. Like when I stepped on the scale, it said one eighty six. Just remember, that's some weight. And then, two, I was wondering, you know, I had to ask you this before tomorrow. I didn't know when to ask you. Do, am I supposed to wear my North Carolina stuff to the don't, game tomorrow? Don't do that. Don't <laughs> wear North Carolina stuff to the oh game. Oh, my goodness. You are going to be very angry. Huh? What? Did you say I am going to be very angry? I don't angry? know. What, what did I say? Don't. You, don't. You, you get in my truck with <laughs> North Carolina stuff, I'm not letting you in the truck. Okay. Duly noted. I mean, you, you can wear neutral colors. I'm fine with it. I'm not expecting you to wear Louisville stuff. I just thought of this because you mentioned your beef from last week. So I think it's a necessity at this point <laughs> because they are playing at 8 o'clock. And luckily, one of us came away with a victory week one. You know, subtle brag. Yeah. Against That's because one of us actually played a decent team. Hey, South Carolina was projected to beat us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Tennessee was projected to beat Georgia State. Yeah, okay. That's a good argument. You're you're obviously been on your lawyer game recently. But <laughs> good to see the Mac era start back again um, with a win. Yeah. Um, that was surprising, not because I don't think you all were bad. You all were down in that game, weren't you? Most of the game. Yeah. Three quarters of that game we were down. And That's it, the only reason I'm not throwing a shot. It was just no. I, every time because I was playing poker during that, and every time I would look up, y'all were down, and I was like, "Wait, they won?" It was kind of similar. Obviously, there was more points scored than last night, but it was kind of similar to last night where it was not a lot of defensive stops. It was just not execution. Um, South Carolina did have some defensive stops on us, but our play calling was very limited, and that's why I told you with a freshman quarterback there, uh, I think Longo limited those calls on purpose. It kind of reminded me of the Oregon Auburn game. Yeah. Not with the skills, but with the way the game was. Because Oregon led 95% of that game, and Auburn was led by a freshman quarterback and won the game. I'll tell you what, too. I was very impressed with a lot of things. You know, you talked about wide receiver and quarterback connections, and Daz Newsome is a guy who I really, really like at North Carolina. Um, I think him and Sam Howe can have a special connection. But if you go back to our ACC preview, I might have surprisingly enough undershot them with their win projection as well, too. So I'm hoping that's the case um, yet to be seen. But, man, if they could get a bowl game in this year, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, there's some people – I mean, Kirk Herbstreit even mentioned Louisville, and he's like, I don't – what makes you think this team can't win six games? I didn't see that because I was at the game. I saw it. It's cool to hear him say that. Yeah, but he struggled to pick six wins off the list. So he gave five of them that he was very confident in. The six, he was kind of like, well, they'll win. Well, that's when he's, he's saying what's making you think that this team couldn't do that. 
Yeah. Not necessarily like. No, what, he was yeah. he was really high on. I'm yeah. telling you right now, I was surprised because he's got no affiliations, right? Yeah. So he I mean, was, he went to Ohio State, so he was very high on U of L, and he was. I mean, while they were getting handed it to him in the end of the four, or early third. early fourth quarter, late third, he was still high on them. Yeah. So I guess that moves us to our power moves. I mean, how many power moves and beefs you got? Power move, I've got one power move. I actually have two beefs because you made me remember one of mine. So Good. I'll, I'll go with my power move first since I figured mine out when we were sitting here. Well, you so, didn't have to tell him that. No, because I had one, but I forgot about it. And I can't think of what it was still. I, it still hasn't come to me. Yeah, it's as soon as we leave, it'll happen. I told you. Oh, yeah, that's the way it happens every week because yeah. you don't know this, but I change mine all the time because I'm like, man, I forgot about it. And then I'll leave and I'm like, dang on it, dude. That was my power move and that was my beef. So my power move uh, was sent to me this morning, I believe, um, in a Twitter message from my cousin. Okay. But I've seen it all over social media as well. That's where I saw it. Yeah. The uh, the guy on the roller coaster catching that person's cell phone. First off, how great would you feel if you were the person that lost your cell phone but then saw someone catch it for you? Oh, thrilled. Yeah. Spe- dude, these cell phones are like $1,400 now. Yes. So, I don't know what that guy's name was, but my power move goes to the guy on the roller coaster catching the phone. Very impressive hands. He should probably get picked up somewhere. Yeah. I, I don't want to put the horse before the carriage. Could have been his wife. Could have been his girlfriend. Could have been some random chick sitting next to him. Was not entertained by it whatsoever. She wasn't impressed. No. Well, she. I think she was a little afraid for her life from the looks of the video. But the dude behind him, or I, I shouldn't say dude, it was somebody behind him was cheering him on, raising the hand up, going, yeah. Uh, great video, though. If you yes. haven't seen that, you need to look it up. And mine is also a feel-good story, right? So a lot of you saw this, but the coach of Liberty, Hugh Freeze, last week, um, he had surgery prior to the game last week. Um, he had severe staph infection that hospitalized him and was potentially life-threatening. Um, they knocked out a wall in the Liberty Stadium so that way he could coach from his hospital bed. He was moved up into the radio and TV box. Now, the downside to my story is they did get shellacked by Syracuse 24-0, to but props to Hugh Freeze um, for coaching the game from a hospital bed. To me, that's a power move. They were talking about trying to get him here uh, this week, I think they're playing somewhere in Louisiana, maybe Louisiana Tech, but uh, they were trying to get him a private jet to take him. The school had already paid for it and everything. Doesn't sound like he's going to be able to make the flight, but get better, Coach Freeze, and uh, get back to your losing ways. It's kind of hard for me to feel bad for that guy. Louisiana Lafayette, by the way. Louisiana Cause, Lafayette. Because of what you. he did at Ole Miss. That guy's kind of a piece of crap. Yeah. So, well, cool, he got cool story, staff man. infection to pay for it. Yeah, that probably got it because he is a big piece of crap. So that's probably where he got the staff infection from. It's a lot more popular than what you'd imagine staff infection is. Yeah. So um, we both have two of them. Yes. I'll, I'll go first. I'm not. I'm no. Uh, I'm not. I'm not afraid to do it. So my first one. Um, Don't tempt me with a good time, bro. Yeah, actually brings up somebody we were just talking about Uh-oh. and as much uh, as much good things as he said about um, Louisville as a whole don't do it he brought it up and I'm not mad at him I'm mad at what he brought up because it's been something that I've spoken on for a long time right and there's people saying well I got to work the next day I got to it doesn't matter you knew when the game time was 
You knew it the entire time. I knew it the entire time. That's why I went to my boss before and said, hey, I'm not going to take the entire day off anymore. I'm just going to come in late. And he's like, that's fine. Yeah. You can do that because you're an adult and you have PTO time. Yes. And you also can be up past midnight and get to work on time as well, yeah. too. The game ended at 11.20. Granted, there's traffic. I understand that. So you get home 12, 12.30. Okay. Kind of stinks for the next day. But here's the thing. Stop leaving the games early. It wouldn't matter what time that game ended. You are going to leave early. Our fans always leave early. There's always empty seats. So my beef is a never-ending thing. Our fans leaving early. The fact that someone had to bring it up that's an analyst that, just like you just said, has no skin in the game when it comes to Louisville, yeah. the fact that he's bringing that up is absolutely ridiculous. Stop leaving games early. Show these kids that you actually care because they're actually showing that they care. They were giving some effort. I think you should reciprocate. Yes. I agree with this, unfortunately. Don't leave games early. Part of being a fan is going through some losses. And to me, that's what makes a fan. I left one game early my entire life. Uh-oh. And that was the Indiana State game last year where Louisville had a record rain. Ooh. And it was delayed for three hours. <laughs> I'm not going to sit there the entire night. The game ended at 145. Yeah. Delays – are tough. Yeah. Uh, I, you don't see many games getting delayed, and so that I get where you're coming from there. But that brings me to my beef, and my beef is also in the college um, realm, and I'm going to be 100% po- honest with you. Sometimes I know exactly where I'm going with this. In this case, I don't know who I'm putting the beef on. There's a little story going out about the uh, University of Arkansas Fort Smith. It's a D2 school. And there's a gentleman there by the name of Coach Boone and a player, former player now, by the name of Tyler Williams. And the alleged story is that Tyler Williams felt as if he was not going to get playing time on the team because he had dreads. And to me, I think you should wear whatever you want to wear as far as hairstyle. If this is true, obviously my beef goes with Coach Boone. What I'm thinking potentially happened was Tyler Williams was going to get less playing time because some of the other guys were better, and then he's going to start this controversy and say that he got cut because he had dreads, which he didn't even get cut. He just wasn't going to get PT. So, yeah, kind of odd beef. Future will tell whether my beef was with Coach Boone or Tyler Williams because there is an investigation going on currently. But it's sad to hear these stories take place in modern day. Um, You should never have somebody complaining about a hairstyle and somebody thinking that's why they didn't get cut. My second one is pretty intriguing, too. You remember when I told you I'd remember what my power move was? Yeah. I just just remember. That was it. I just remember. So you have three. No, I I just have two. Oh. I have, I have two beefs and two power moves. Oh, power move. My I remember fault. my power move. Go so ahead. Just rewind a little bit, rewind a little bit. That's a power move in itself, remembering it the power move. It is. You were so, deep in thought over there, too. I was. I, I don't thought, know what – something you said, Yeah. I'll tell, you'll see what it was now, but you locked me back into remembering it. I thought maybe you were dreaming of rapid-fire pizza over there. No. Oh. I don't think I'll eat that tonight. Well, they're closed. Um, not yet. 30 minutes, 33 minutes. Oh, you ain't making that. Um. You reminded me of it with the word investigation. Oh. So did you see what the judge ruled the other day in the FBI case, according to the NCAA basketball uh, investigations? No. Take it to the judge. So the judge 
that is in charge of, um, I'm guessing, the investigation for the NCAA. Yeah. Told the NCAA they have no right to look at anything that the FBI investigated. Oh. When it comes wow. to that uh, investigation for their for their outlook, so my power move goes to that judge for someone finally sticking it to the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, judge. I don't know your name. But thank you for someone finally sticking it to the NCAA. I would love to hear the reasoning behind that, though. That is very intriguing to me. I'm going to have to look more into that. Yeah, so my bad for interrupting your second beef, but I just remembered it, so go ahead with your second beef. That's okay, because that was a very good power move and an enlightening power move for me as well, too. Uh, my second beef is actually funny because we had kind of talked about these individuals earlier, but you mentioned the heavyweight boxing scene is at an all-time great again. Back in the mix. A lot of people out there, and a little-known gentleman by the name of Anthony Joshua, probably not here, but probably the most popular heavyweight boxer in the world, beats Vladimir Klitschko, thinks he's on top of the world, setting up a title fight with Deontay Wilder in the future, unification belt, ends up losing to Andy Ruiz. Now he's rematching Andy Ruiz, right? But he comes out, Anthony Joshua does, and says that Andy Ruiz is the toughest heavyweight fight currently. Not the toughest stylistic matchup, not what he needs to do. He says it's the toughest fight at heavyweight currently. And while I do think Andy Ruiz is impressive, and I will give Andy Ruiz credit, and he did beat Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua is out of his mind if he <laughs> thinks that's true. So my beef is Anthony Joshua – I'm bringing the smoke. If I were a heavyweight, I would go after him. But since I'm in a lesser weight class, I'm going to have you go after him and see if you can knock him is out for me. Is that a fat me. joke? That wasn't a fat joke at all. I don't know what his weight class is, but I think you should knock him out for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure and do that. Handle my light work, bro. So my other beef, um, you remember a couple weeks ago when I was – very upset about UVerse not having the ACC network. I do recall because this. I couldn't watch the uh, behind the uh, all access for U of L. Yeah, the kind of like hard knocks for U of L. Well, well, that I, was the pertinent issue, but you yeah. were very clearly distraught over not having it. Yes, so I uh, I figured it out. Yeah. Long story short, Tony and I split YouTube TV. Yeah. So Tony was already going to YouTube TV. You could do more than one thing. I'm not going to go into too many details just in case YouTube's listening. Right. Uh, but Statue of limitations. Yeah. So um, Sunday comes around. I'm <laughs> pumped. All right. <laughs> Flip on ACC Network, and there it is. My favorite sport to hate on. Soccer. Oh. Wake Forest and Creighton. What time was this? Louisville's All Access came on at 9. This was Saturday? This was Sunday. Sunday, my fault. Sunday. Well, the game goes over. The game goes over about three or four minutes. I'm like, all right, this kind of sucks. Yeah. So you think, okay, as soon as the game's over, they're going to cut right to the all-access. Oh, you thought wrong because they're going to do a post-game interview with the Wake Forest soccer coach. <laughs> that makes it run over another three or four minutes. So it runs over like eight or nine minutes. Yeah. At least. And then goes to a commercial. And then finally we get to see the all-access that everyone's been looking at. But guess what? I still haven't even gotten to my beef yet. Okay. 
All Access was fantastic. Gets to this really heartfelt part with Dwayne Ledford talking about his why and what his why is. And then it goes to a commercial. You're like, all right, I'm ready for the end of this. Like, it's been great. Ready to sit. Comes back, and we're seeing the opening kickoff for Florida State and Boise State replay from the day before. <laughs> so, so, was it just not one only, on the thing? Not only did they run over with soccer right. and do a post game interview with a coach that no one even knows. But they cut it off early to put on a freaking replay of Florida State and Boise State of the ACC team that blew the game in the second half. Now, that was a good game from what you were saying, though. It was a good game, but I didn't want to watch it again. I wanted to watch the end of the all-access. Yeah. It made me really, really mad. And they don't have an option where you can go back and watch it I can it go anything. watch it on ESPN, watch ESPN, I think. But I, oh, yeah. I don't want to have to do that. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't have to do that. You should have just done that in the first place. Rookie. I didn't know it was going to be on Watch ESPN afterwards. Rookie but, move. But yeah, that's my beef. The fact that they started late and cut it off early makes me mad. ACC Network's been nice, though. I'm very happy with it. And I've had the Big Ten Network, and I actually did not know about it, so you enlightened me to all of that. So I'm on the win-win bandwagon over here. Nice. That's the only way I was able to watch the Penn State game this week because it was on the Big Ten Network. Nice. Yeah. So um, – and surprisingly enough, North Carolina's on the ACC network very minimally, but they are on ESPN substantially. Nice. So, uh, I mean, it's really pretty much all we got, but we can't end the episode without bringing up one last thing. Uh, something you you guys have noticed has been a mainstay on our on our podcast page for the past two weeks. I Roughly. guess. Yep. The fast under that. the fast food goat bracket. Fast food goat. And this Man. is something near and dear to our heart. Uh, fast food, not so much, but the food part. Yeah. Big time. The one that won, I think I, I think you asked me before who I thought was going to win, and I, this is who I told you I thought would win. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's what they call God's chicken. Isn't that what they call it? Jesus' chicken? We have to give credit where credit is due. And to me, it blows me away that a place that is closed on one day of the week can come out with a victory. Yeah. But giving them their glory, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Has been voted by the people, not by us, by the people. As you can tell, we are extremely thrilled about this. Well, here's the thing. We both like Chick-fil-A. Will we both put Chick-fil-A as our number one fast food restaurant? No. no. We would not. Say that again. No. no. But I, do I like Chick-fil-A? Yes. yes. But I would not put him as my number one. No. I don't know. Who oh, would sorry. I put him as my number one? I guess I would just have to put McDonald's just because of how many times I've eaten there. And yeah. I still do love it. But Qdoba's up there for me. I love Qdoba a It's lot. always fun to see the mindset in these polls as to how you go apart picking. Yeah. You know? And it's like I said, my whole thing is the matchups are key, man. So you got to literally take it matchup by matchup. Projecting from the beginning when we first put the poll out, I was very excited about a lot of matchups. Obviously, there's some tough ones. Seeing Penn Station get to the championship round. It, it was great for you and I. Yes, I like it a lot, and I was voting for it, but I was very, very surprised in that. Um, Cadoba, you know, going out first round. Uh, Wendy's going out first round. I would say Wendy's was kind of, you know, people throw this term dark horse around. And a lot of these teams that they were, or places they were saying were dark horse, like somebody said Taco Bell was a dark horse. 
that's not a dark horse because that was a favorite. Wendy's. I told you from the beginning that I knew Taco Bell was going to go way farther than anyone, any, anywhere I would put it. I honestly was a little bit surprised it didn't win. I mean, obviously the yeah. Chick-fil-A thing is very hot right now, which I want to bring all the people some great news. Beef's Beef will be franchising a Chick-fil-A location in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, hey, that would be pretty sweet if somehow out of this we could end up doing that. Now, I know that's not the case because I actually know how you have to franchise that. Um, but, yeah, very interesting situation where Chick-fil-A ends up coming out victorious. A lot of other competitive people in that matchup. If you guys have any ideas on what polls we want to do in the future, let us know. We do have two Ooh, on the burner. I, ha I have an idea. What? Let's think of a third. Or no, let's do. Let's put our two out there. Let's let them vote for which one they want to see next. Do you think those are the two we need to go with, or do you have other ideas? I think we should think of two that we think are the are the favorites, and then I think we should let them. I think we should let the fans vote on which one they want to see next. A poll to see which, what poll will do. Yes. Wow. I, Mind, That's a power move, mind boggling, bro. right? Yeah, I just think I think as much because you know we always get these things of oh, would you this place should have been on there? This place this place should have won. Now it's like okay, this is the bracket we're doing. Oh. so it's going to be on you all. We also had a couple of people mention that if if certain people or I say people, I keep using the word people, if certain restaurants made it as far as what they did then our total pool of votes was not sufficient enough. And that, once again, is on the people. Because yeah. if you're going to help us out, you're going to take an extra 15 seconds a day, and you're going to like it. that post, and you're going to share it, and you're going to give a compelling argument of why your team should win. Yes. Help me help you, as I tried to do with Penn Station over Chick-fil-A, which was not successful. So, Dustin, when you listen to this, let your father-in-law know that. That if he wants to uh, wait until the championship again to uh, throw in his uh, two cents on which ones he thinks should be there, yeah. tell him to start sharing it and put his two cents on it then. That way he can get the ones he wants to win. I almost fasted chicken for the Penn Station win, but I had a feeling that wasn't going to be the case. So I might have been the key to Chick-fil-A success, but I did eat indies twice in memory of them losing what's funny man is i found myself eating the places that were put out a lot here lately <laughs> yeah. like i've eaten qdoba a good amount i ate rallies yeah uh, what else did i eat uh, mcdonald's mcdonald's got put out mcdonald's got put First out round. round one as well crazy the only one i didn't really eat i didn't eat wendy's i like wendy's but i just dude but, have you had the crispy chicken blt i haven't I listen haven't. Do you eat chicken sandwiches like that? Not really. Okay. But I, I like chicken sandwiches, but I don't You don't know. like mayo. So no. make sure you request no mayo. And I don't no like mayo. tomatoes. So. No. Oh. No. Hey, we've had this talk because. But what about bacon on a chicken sandwich? Oh, I love bacon on okay. anything. So just take those two things off. Give it a try. I promise you it's the most filling option. I've studied this. For the four for four deal, you get soda pop, whatever soda pop you want. Yeah, I, I'd suggest Dr. Pepper personally in this case. You get your crispy chicken BLT, you get your fries, which are arguably top five fast food fries. You know, I think you put Penn Station in there. I think you put Rallies in there. I think you put Arby's in there. Wendy's. I'm really surprised to hear you say that. Why? Not because I disagree. There's so many people that crap on Arby's fries. Really? Yes. There's a lot of people that hate on their curly fries. I, I 
personally like them. Yeah. I still think Old Faithful you're missing as well. McDonald's? I, I love McDonald's fries, dude. Yeah. McDonald's the fries McDonald's are pretty McDonald's fries solid. to me are the only ones that, even if they're soggy, they're still good. Where, like, uh, rallies, if they're soggy, you better throw them out the window. Penn yeah. Station, they're the same way. Hopefully my car's right next to you where you can throw them out your window and in mine. So you would te- you like – because it seems like when Rally's fries are soggy, they're always, like, really, really greasy, and it's like, I can't do that. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to be 100% honest. I don't know if I've ever had, like, super soggy Rally fries. I have had more greasy than others. Which but that makes it – that's the part that makes it soggy. Well, you got to understand my favorite pizza is, like, East Coast pizza, which typically is a very greasy – see, the good thing about Rally's, though, is sometimes you'll get the greasy fries, but they're still crunchy. Yeah. That's what I think sets Rally's fries apart is the crunch and the same thing with Penn Stations. I love Penn Stations fries when they're crunchy. Not burnt, but crunchy. Yeah. To me, I'm agreeing with you 100% on the crunch. You do need the crunchy aspect, but I will say, to me, the rally fries are not made by the crunchiness. Whatever that breading, or those are clearly not regular fries. You can actually buy RV fries and uh, rally fries, which are very similar in convenience stores and Walmart and Meyer and Kroger and all these places and bake them in your oven, they're pretty solid too. So, yeah, to me, Wendy's, though, is on the cusp of greatness with their fries, and I like their fries a lot. I wouldn't put their fries in front of McDonald's, but I still think their fries are good. Yeah. I, I'm, see, I don't know if you but agree then you with get, me. Look, you get four chicken nuggets with that. So you got four chicken nuggets, you got fries, you got your soda pop, you got your crispy chicken BLT, and you're paying $4.27 for that. It's not bad. How do you beat that? It's not bad. Yeah, $0.27. Cents. I had so to I got to ask you a question. This is how we're going to end the podcast. Okay. How did I know it was $0.27? Cents? No. One, one more story before this Let's really hear. quick. I almost fell off the ice cream bandwagon, dude. I need to give an update. I struggled heavily. When I found out that Chick-fil-A was going to win, what better way of to cry your sorrows away than to do it in a half gallon of delicious homemade cookies and cream ice cream? Oh, yeah, I can think of a better way. A cherry cordial. Because I, I went and got more of them. <laughs> so, yeah, almost fell off the it bandwagon. It sounded $3.99 uh, now. I'm the one who told you no, that. No, you told me the, the, the half pints were, or whatever they are, we're $1.99. No, I... We haven't spoken since they went down to three ninety nine. Last week on the episode, this is just disrespectful. Dude, I gave you the heads up that they were three ninety nine, and gave the listeners a heads up that they were three ninety nine. Well, I didn't listen. Yeah. We were talking about the Big Ten. You know how I feel about the Big Ten. I helped you out by telling you well, to go I went get the ice cream. Some because I ran out, not because I remembered you saying three ninety nine. So yeah. if you did say it, thank you. You even acknowledged it on the air, and we had a brief conversation about it. So you're welcome. I feel like Will Ferrell on Old School when he was about to do, when he gave that speech. He's like, what happened? Like, you were great. <laughs> you blacked out. <laughs> I blacked out. So I have, I have a question, and I feel like you're going to answer this against me and Ooh. i but this has been something that's been on me for a while here lately Man. or not just it's been a lot lately i will say it's been stirring in the bosom you're picking one all right one or the other i don't like where this is going french fries or tater tots oh oh so you don't put potato wedges in there you this, go this french is fries and tater french tots. fries or tater tots man you know i i know I love both, 
And I'm probably going to have to side on French fries, unfortunately. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for answering that question correctly. Yeah. I'm tired of these trader type people coming at me with this stuff. Daniel Grimes, isn't it? Daniel Grimes is one of them. I knew it. Don't go to Roosters and order tater tots when you can get their garbage fries. Well, now, once They're getting plain tater tots, though. No, they're pretty decent there. No, I'm saying they're just getting plain tater tots. They're not getting anything on them. Yeah, you dip them in ketchup. Ketchup's trash, dude. Well, in this case, it's substantially decent. But listen, once again, price well, efficiency. Pound for pound, I'm still eating fries over tater tots. Their fries there are not phenomenal. I would get their rooster's feathers over both of those. Is, which, that, is that onion feathers? Yeah, it's like onion petals. They're pretty decent. But I haven't tried them. The I'd... sauce, this is what you need to do. Get that sauce, Daniel Grimes. Tell them to give you... The sauce for the onion petals, the rooster feathers, I think is what they're called on the menu, for your tater tots and see what that does for your brother. Well, there you go. Yeah, French fries are better than tater tots. So, guys, keep liking, keep sharing, keep listening. Please. We'll put out a poll here soon of uh, and ask your all's opinion on what you guys want to hear of our next bracket. I think we need to let this one stew for a little bit because yeah. I think there's a lot of heartbroken people out there. Right. and I Both do, of us being one of them. For sure. Or being two of them. Uh, now, heartbroken in multiple forms of fashion, one of them mainly being that Chick-fil-A one. Uh, one of it mainly being that uh, Popeye's took their chicken sandwich off the menu. Yeah. That, that being another thing. I'm still going Indies all day, bro. I'm, I'm doubling down on my Indies vote. I've had it many times when I should not be eating it many times. <laughs> I might go get it right now. I'm all in for Indies. Are you that? Are you getting the pink lemonade, though? No. you got to get that pink lemonade no. hitter, dude. That's, what, that's what sets it off, dude. Incorrect. Too much sugar. Oh. I'm not trying to go into a diabetes. You just said you drink Dr. Pepper. No, I advise the listeners to get Dr. Pepper. I, I'm not going to allegedly say that I drink any form of soft drink whatsoever because I don't think that's healthy for you, and you know this. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, keep liking, keep sharing, keep voting on whatever we put out. Twelve spicy, two wedges. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Hopefully your dad enjoys this one because he was pretty perturbed at me last week, and he said that he was looking forward to this episode since we took off a day. Yeah, you were very disrespectful at Penn State. I knew that wasn't going to go over well. I couldn't save you. <laughs> Um, at the moment, we are scheduled to have two episodes next week, so that should be fun. One of them I think you guys are really, really going to like. Um, the one with me on it. Ye- no. <laughs> so if if everything holds true, which everything should, I should have an interview without BJ. Not not to throw, throw it, but I'll, ha- I'll have an interview with a former Louisville player on Monday. So right. that should be awesome if everything st- if everything stays true, which looks like it will. Um, and there's a lot of bonus content that we have coming up in the future. Yes. So that's what we promise you. Apologize about not doing it Wednesday, but I think this one made up for it. And yeah. then let us know what you think. Yeah, so guys, keep liking, keep sharing, keep listening, and we'll keep putting them out. Beef out. Peace.